Hello everyone, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Hope you're all doing well out there, you're taking your vitamin D, you're wearing a mask, you're doing your social distancing, all that fun stuff. As some of you may already know, I'm expanding the scope of this podcast's guests to include other interesting folk as well as musicians. So if you are up to something that you would like to share on this podcast, I would love to hear from you. Now, this could include fields such as comedy, acting, poetry, science, history, engineering, you name it. No subject is off limits. You can message me on the podcast Facebook page, which is now finally called The Simon Campbell Instant. You can also email me on the Simon Campbell Instant at gmail.com. That's the Simon Campbell Instant at gmail.com. Bit of a mouthful, but what can you do? And you can also follow the show on Instagram with the handle the SC Instant. I'm going to be uploading little clips from the interviews there. And you, I've also started a YouTube channel, uh, which you can find by typing in the Simon Campbell Instant. Uh, so I've just started this uh, channel, and frankly, the sub numbers are a little bit on the grim side. So if you could find it in your hearts to, to subscribe there, I would be super grateful. Also, if this is your first time here, please consider subscribing to the show or following the show, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever wherever you get your pods from. Uh, just follow us or subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. Now, onto the show, which is brought to you by myself. So, uh, in case you did not know, I do give guitar lessons, so if you'd like to learn a new skill, then do not hesitate to get in touch. I've been playing guitar for nearly 20 years, and I customise all my lessons around each people's individual's needs and personal taste in music. So, whether you are an absolute beginner or well on your way to rock and roll stardom, I can absolutely help you out along the way. Now, I give guitar lessons in person in person with social distancing. That's either at my studio in Montpellier or I can travel to you if there's like enough space for us to keep the old two meters. Uh, also, with all the teaching I've been doing online during lockdown, I can confidently offer my teaching services via video chat. So if the worst comes to the worst and we do have to lock down again, I, you can still get your guitar lessons. So that's a positive, I guess. Uh, and also means that wherever you are in the world, I can absolutely help you out with your playing. So wherever, in, wherever you are in the world, I can, get, I can get at you. I can give you your guitar lessons. Now, I know what you're thinking. Guitar lessons can be expensive. Well, fear not. I'm offering the first lesson for each new pupil at the half price of just £15. That's one five pounds But this deal, folks, also gets better. If you mention in your inquiry to me that you found me through the Simon Campbell incident, this podcast, then you'll get another £5 off your first lesson. So that's just a humble £10 for your first guitar lesson. I don't think you're going to find a better deal than that for your first little taster lesson. So uh, you can find out more about me and my teaching services on my official website, which is simonteachesguitar.com. That is simonteachesguitar.com. That's right. I've got my own website. I am not playing about. And you can also email me at simonteachersguitar90 at gmail.com. That is simonteachersguitar90 number number at gmail.com. Okay, folks, let's do this. My guest today is a brilliant and hilarious stand-up comedian. I first came across his work last year at the comedy night called This Next Act, which is held at the Kingsdown Wine Vault in Bristol. Uh, we covered pretty much everything in this interview, and it was really a lot of fun. Uh, please welcome James O'Donoghue. 
I've always been Apple, unfortunately. Actually, not with phones, but because I'm, I'm a music tech uh, idiot. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, Apple was always seen as, as the thing to have. Yeah. And then you realise, and then after a few trips to a genius bar, you kind of realise, oh, shit, I've been lied to. <laughs> genius bar is such a horrible, like, condescending, like title for it as well like yeah yeah welcome genius to the genius bar. bar you know what sucks oh you put your phone down the toilet you're a genius <laughs> you know what sucks about it is it really leaves their staff like out really out to dry because it because yeah. you've really left them open for that you know wise cracking oh i thought you were you can't fix my laptop oh, it's yeah. oh, genius, it's just a genius. Oh. they must get so <sighs> sick of that yeah. i uh, I've worked in in retail most of like my working my working life for day jobs and um, I've heard every stupid joke that uh, any customer could throw at me and they're all horrible but there's no there's no point where they're going to be over yeah. like sometimes with a joke you go okay this has got jokes like this will be dead in about five years and that every now and then you'll just hear well this you're like well, what what Who's doing a joke from 2010? <laughs> what? And but but like customer jokes will always be there. We'll all, and we could um we could get rid of 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 capitalism tomorrow <laughs> and people would still do these terrible jokes like I thought it was for free. <laughs> what are you doing? Everything's for free now. Oh no. <laughs> but, but I, I, I feel like it's sort of You'd like... You'd have to say comrade at the end of every punchline as well. Yeah, uh, it's to like... be a crime. It would be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could you do us a favor? Could you just slide that microphone a little bit closer to you? There we go. We... There we go. Nice one. Much better. Sweet. Cool. Um, Sorry, uh, just to cut you off there, but uh, we're talking about communism. Talking about communism uh, <laughs> and, and terrible customers, which is... I think... I think working in, in the service industry definitely is... is just put a put a firework on my back put me on roller skates pointed it left and went go (laughs) you want to burn it all down oh (laughs) definitely like we 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 were talking before this started about we both worked in pubs yeah and um what yours was kensington wasn't it yeah, so mate. yours was Kensington. Mine was in Oldgate in the city of London. Like we were under Oldgate. That's oh right. So that's like central, right. kind of in Liverpool Street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, like, I'm with we, you now. We were in eternal shadow from the fucking uh, gherkin. <laughs> I, just we were going. Is it daylight yet? No. Um, <laughs> Not for you, peasant. <laughs> no, Vitamin D is only for people in my tax bracket. <laughs> it was like. I I I I got that job fresh out of uni, and my life was going a bit odd. Um, some, a bit. I say a bit odd. Uh, my my brother had just died, and I just started working in this place. It's like, okay, and I was there, kind of like, yeah, I'm a pretty liberal guy, and I left after six months, going, burn this down. <laughs> And let's let's go to Beijing and resurrect Mao. This, wow, th- these people have got to be up against the wall. And it was, um, yeah, that that like my my 
my second shift there, I, I read this this thing about like my, my home borough of Enfield cutting all but two uh, child centres because uh, they were under really stringent austerity because mm. it was it, like Labour councils and it was a Tory government going, anything that's a Labour council, we're going to defund. So that the Tory councils look, oh, look at these lovely, if you vote Tory, this is what you get. For Labour, this is what you get. I'm sorry about that. And um, I I read about this and I was like, oh, this is terrible. And this bloke came up to me and went, uh, what's, what's the most expensive champagne you've got here? I was like, I, I don't really know. I'm going to have to check that with him. Like, you don't know, do you? No. They didn't think you would. <laughs> and he was off into the dark. I never saw him again. Yeah, oh, yeah. When you claim power, he's the first one getting Google ads. It is like I am, and I'm, I'm, I'm very sort of. I was talking to um, there's a fantastic Bristol or now Derby comedian John Matthews, and we were talking about like what kind of left lefties we are. Mm-hmm. And we thought, we're very both libertarian lefties we're not sort of like right. tub thumping stalinists and we're not sort of that's good yeah yeah we 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 look at the soviet union i mean like, you're talking well, about was... resurrecting mao but you know oh, but we're like <laughs> okay so i'm like there's there's like a a a grid of like left right authoritarian libertarian mm-hmm. and it's like well i'm i i'm here in the libertarian bit of left Every now and then, I just shoot right off the map. <laughs> and it's like, no! In the gulag! Because I don't want any... I'm not going to put anyone in a gulag, but um, the threat is quite fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's obviously not. And it's like, mm. coming from a Jewish family, it's like, well, we've seen what this shit does, but it's like... I don't know. Mm. Some people just yeah. Some some people should. I'm 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 glad I'm not in power because some people get the Stalin brain going. Mm. What's this? Yeah, and it's you have to take a breath and go. No, no, yeah. this doesn't work. Yeah, you gotta sort of remember that it's coming from an emotional place. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, <clears throat> and it it is sort of like actually a bit of sort of disembodied technocracy going we can't do this there needs to be a step between this and this where you can just mm-hmm. have a breather is really good but it's very annoying that it's really good yeah all, all the stuff that would make society quite good they're quite annoying <laughs> like yeah i people need to have more control of their lives but that's quite annoying yeah <laughs> we need to you know we, we, we need to sort of Think of next steps before you do them. Yeah, but again, quite annoying. Mm. I just want to do a thing. Yeah, but we've yeah. seen what happens. I know. Yeah. But planning is annoying. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's it, it, it's it's the path of most resistance. You know, the path of, path of least resistance is the throwing your toys out the pram, tear it all down, you know, bricks through windows. Yeah, yeah. That that just makes it worse. Yeah, it, yeah. And, and a lot of the time, reaction that you get from action can be worse than sort of hmm. where you are now. Yeah. Um, not all the time. There are like some things it's like, go out, do this, mm-hmm. it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think we're seeing a, a lot that, that's sort of happening now with sort of reaction 
that's quite disturbing. Mm. Like the for, the forces of, of reaction are very like, okay, we're here now. Mm-hmm. And it's like you look at what they're actually reacting to, they're not major things. It's mm. like the things that like Trump or Johnson are reacting to are sort of like very milk toast, yeah, center ground political you know, finagling, mm-hmm. but yeah, <laughs> they've reacted in a big way. Yeah. Have you, uh, did you, uh, any, ex- cause I'm, you know, I kind of follow this stuff, but I'm kind of on the peripherals of what's going on. Do you have a, ha- have an example you can just uh, enlighten, enlighten um, us with? I think quite something that I've gotten really sort of like looking at going, Oh, this is, this is bad is, um, I don't know if you followed any of this QAnon stuff. Only really in meme culture. It's it's the most meme culture conspiracy theory. It's it, and it and it is a conspiracy. It comes from a very kind of old fashioned anti semitic conspiratorial. Hey, society is actually being run by a secret group of um. But they call them globalists now. Globalists of... or cultural Marxists, which comes from the term cultural Bolshevists. Yeah. Which was yeah. a yeah. big boy Hitler term. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like, they'll talk about sort of things that it's like, surface level, where are you going? Because you're nearly somewhere. It, it's like the whole thing of like, um, David Icke and the lizard people. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, there is, there is a group of, of powerful people that are controlling everything. Mm. Um, and it's it's a big systemic problem and it means that your vote in an election doesn't have all that much of an impact mm-hmm. um, it's you know a it's it's a crossover between the old style aristocracy and new style global capitalism and um, it means that the future is sort of on rails and anything that we can do happens within their frame of reference and these people are lizards. And you're like, well, no, you're really close to saying something like, and uh, this is because of a global system that mm. we've bought into because of blah, 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 blah. Mm. And this, you know, the the workings of free market capitalism. And you're so close to saying that. And then you say lizards. But then neo-Nazis hear lizards and they go, oh, I get what you mean. Oh, right. So it's a, get uh, you mean it's with a your, dog whistle. You lizards. And yeah. the thing with David Icke is he, uh, less so now because he has kind of doubled down on it. But when he first started talking about this, he was like, oh, I just, I really just mean lizards. And he's not actually like, yeah, these big nosed lizards in their lizard gogs. He's like, no, I genuinely just mean lizards. You guys are weird. <laughs> and like the Anti-Defamation League, which is a sort of um, a pressure group against uh, anti-Semitism, where they're going, this guy's really anti-Semitic. It's yeah. like, I mean lizards, guys. Yeah. Just... And the neo-Nazis are like, oh, no, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, um, you and... know Nazis are nuts when David Icke, who believes in lizard people, is saying, you guys are nuts. Yeah, the, he's like, you guys are... Except now he's sort of gone like, okay, that's my crowd. That's mm. fine. Oh, And it's like... You went from being quite a fun conspiracy theorist to um, bad, a bad lad. Yeah. But the, um, the so QAnon is sort of like, there's an international paedophilia ring. Yeah, okay, I've heard, keep, I've heard about this. We keep hearing stuff that actually, it, you know, the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing and stuff that's come out with mm. that, it's like, well, it, it's not 
in the same way that you're saying that they're scaring children and stealing their like adrenal gland. Yeah, I've heard of I've heard of the adrenal adrenochrome or whatever. Like it, then it, this isn't happening. It's that there is powerful people who are exercising their power in this interpersonal way and maybe that's linked up with the way that we deal with power and its relation to sex and maybe maybe this is a systemic thing maybe it is a personal responsibility thing and maybe we could address it that way but no what it is is it's the democratic party of the united states of america still like in the clutches of hillary clinton mm. again piss weak milk toast center ground politics which is being reacted to and it's like she has child slaves um and we've got to go out and save the children so you get a lot of things like the march to save the children it called themselves save the children because that's you can't uh, argue with that oh who's gonna say no we shouldn't save the children yeah because and there's a charity called save children it's in like the you know everyone's kind of Minds go, just, yeah, saving children is a good idea. Mm. Is this a charity? Where can I put a fiver in? Yeah. Is it like going to be a porcelain dog outside a, a charity shop with a hole in the head? You're like, there's a couple of quid for you. But it's, yeah. So, like, the American QAnon rallies, they are very much sort of typical American, um, t- typical, like, far right American conspiracy theory, mm. Alex Jones. Blood and soil, sort of yeah, scary shit. The legit, legitimately scary. Yeah, yeah. The British ones are mums net hippies. It's really mums odd. Mums net hippies. Mums net hippie, hippies. You get a lot. It's of just that... the Karens are kicking off and starting to go far away. <laughs> <on. laughs> it's it's sort of. You can make a K look like a swastika, not without too much, without yeah. too much work. I reckon. It's like. Adolf Karen, like, that was shit. Karen. <laughs> Adolf Karen, like. you're the comedian here. Sorry, so, I had my moment in the sun. So it's gone. It's like they they're the kind of people who, um, say they have concerns a lot, and they'll they'll say this about a whole variety of things. But it's their eclipse of sort of like there was big QAnon marches here in Bristol. There are a few in London. Really? Yeah, I yeah. I was not aware of this. And it's people who would typically be on the new the new age left, and um, people who would typically be sort of like healing crystals, um, people who maybe now scope a bit more towards anti vax movements, and um, right. people who again sort of should be nice liberal hippies who are now being like there's an international paedophile ring and it may or may not be run by the Jews. Jesus Christ! Like, like, what I think is really damaging. Well, there's a lot of things damaging about that. Uh, But I think with evidence come to light with Epstein. Yeah, I mean, it's like okay, great, cool. Well, not great, cool, but I mean, (laughs) fuck. No, no, no. no. I said like the. No, no. I get what you mean. Like, this is a. This is a thing. This is a. This is a real thing. This is something that I hope we could act on to stop this happening in the future as it is 
this is something but, real. Can we like not? Can we like drop the whole you know wider conspiracy? This is stuff that we don't have to conspire yeah. about. this hard evidence for this it. man did this thing. Yeah, These let's talk about were that. Involved. Yeah, how but, do we get recompense for the victims, and how do we stop further victims in the future? Yeah, but. The more that this gets conflated in this mad conspiracism, the worse it makes it for for the victims and mm-hmm. the worse it makes it for future victims. Yeah. Because we um because it will mean muddying waters, because yeah. it will mean like in the US the police hotlines were jammed with people who were phoning up talking about QAnon. And phoning up, using police time, using police services to talk about this insane conspiracy theory. Mm. And um, it's it's very weird. And there is a weird crossover with like the anti-vax movement. There's a weird crossover with the anti-mask movement. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've ever been on the Friends of Stokes Croft Facebook page. I have not. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> please enlighten me, James. So um, I, I help run a, a comedy night that in uh, People's Republic of Stokes Croft called The People's Comedy. It's fantastic. It's a sort of socio-political comedy night. I don't know what that means, but I'm very happy <laughs> to help run it. Uh, it means we get, pe- we get people with interesting kind of voices and interesting kind of like uh, political opinions sort of Varying across the spectrum, we've had mm-hmm. some kind of very radically left, some kind of a bit more right wing. Not getting any any Nazis on. That's just not what we're going to do. They tend not to have too much of a sense of humour. There, um, there is like an underground neo-Nazi comedy. Uh, oh dear. Or or just like very conservative comedy uh, circuit that's sort of just. It, it, it's sort of like you, Jim Davidson's, Roy Chubby Brown's, they still get an audience and there is people who want that kind of comedy and there are sort of pe- people who are maybe a bit kind of old-fashioned with their jokes who have been told, hey, you're really free of speech and really mm-hmm. speaking for us and now you've got like people who just otherwise would just be doing like, ah, now my mother-in-law but now going, right, there's this black Pakistani Jewish nun and it's they're not all northern um quite a lot of them are actually from this part of the world <laughs> yeah 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 um but it yeah there is like this whole kind of like underground weird yeah. comedies in the same way that there is like the neo nazi punk movement or yeah um you know the neo nazi scar movement which i just find so funny yeah i mean jesus Christ. Christ, uh, it's just uh, you know you like I don't even have the energy to point out the you know how much you know right. black people have had so much to do with scar like, music yeah like and, and the whole point of it like two tone throughout the eighties and things I like know. that was you know mix you know improving race relations against the national front at the and, time I don't even have the energy um, <laughs> to, 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 to the, point it out the stories like when Madness were touring Madness had a big neo Nazi following that they were trying to distance themselves distance themselves from. But they were a scar band and they were um, you know, the, the the front man and a lot of the visible musicians were white guys. I don't know if they I know they've collaborated with um with with kind of artists of colour before. Mm. I don't know if they ever had a permanent member who was uh not a white guy. Yeah. But um 
they're massive ska fans. So they would go on tour and invite ska bands that they like to come and open with them and to, you know, come and play with them and do guest spots. So you had black musicians turning up with a sea of, of neo-Nazi skinheads and another sea of, like, skinheads who, who weren't racist who were a bit perplexed by it all going, yeah. like, oh, I just like shaving my head and, and bopping about a bit. Yeah. And they had to cancel a lot of shows because, like, the, the fascists were kicking off. Jesus Christ. And, you know, were being really nasty to the opening band or to the, the guest acts. Yeah. It was... I've got an interesting uh, book on that uh, that my brother gave me a few a while ago. You're welcome to borrow it. Uh, oh, awesome. That one there, it's called uh, Walls Come Tumbling Down. So it's about three musical movements throughout the like 70s and 80s, and oh, maybe into cool. the early 90s. So it was Rock Against Racism, which is like reggae and punk bands sharing stages. So you had like The Clash and uh, Aswan and bands like that sort of sharing yeah, gigs yeah. together. Um, <clears throat> then there was Two Tone, which is a lot of the ska movement that followed a lot of the specials. Mm. And then there was Red Wedge, which was Paul Weller, which is a big Paul Weller thing getting involved in like, yeah, yeah. Re, redoing the Labour Party, basically. Yeah, that was, um, uh, yeah, yeah, Paul Weller and I think Billy Bragg. Yeah, Billy Bragg features in that, in that, in that book a lot. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting read. So, um, yeah, you're, you're very welcome to, to, to borrow it after, awesome. after the show, if, if you fancy if that sounds, if that might, that might yeah, interest you. Yeah, definitely, that sounds great. It's a big read. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's half that shelf. Yeah. You can hang on to that for a while. Um uh, so yeah, we, we run this 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 night in Stokescroft. Um mm. and we've got like a little satellite night in um BS five in the Red Lion. And so we we will post on I'm I'm now a member of the Stokes Stokes Friends of Stokescroft community page. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of it is just Oh, this is happening in this cafe, and it's really lovely. Come and see it. Or oh, we this is happening in this. Uh, it's really nice. Come and do this. Um, a lot of events happening at People's Republic of Stokes Croft, fantastic community venue. Um, but at the moment, every other post on it is either um, an anti-mask. Bristol, we're going to rise up and we're going to tell Bill Gates that he can't vaccinate our kids. Or it's... Um, or it or it's uh, Save Our Children. And it's it's QAnon stuff. And again, Stokescroft is, you know, prides itself on being the People's Republic. It's mm. wonderful, liberal, lefty. Yeah. And I feel like it's because... Because the mainstream narrative has one way of analysing power. And really since the end of the 80s, like the an alternative of alternative analysis of power isn't there because the Soviet Union fucked it so spectacularly. It's been a big boon for conspiracy theories. Because there isn't like a kind of actually your life may not be going how you want it because of these forces, these, you know, the, the results of politics, the results of who's been voted in, who's got control, what are their interests. It's sort of, oh, your life isn't going right because of them. Mm. Well, who's them? You know, them. And them is up to so much. Mm. Well, however, however you want to read it, it could be 
the Freemasons, could be the lizards. Unfortunately, a lot of the time it ends up being red as it's the Jews. Yeah, um, if it's whenever conspiracy theories and uh, scapegoating, it, it, it's all roads seem to lead to anti-Semitism eventually. It, it, it's yeah, it, it's it's a very normal, very ordinary time. Very very fun, great yeah. great stuff, lads. Love yeah. to see it. Um, yeah, and it is sort of the, the 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 fires of it are getting stoked from from certain places in uh, both in power in media, but also because no one's calling this shit out. Mm. No one's sort of going up, going this analysis is wrong and stupid. This is a this is an alternative analysis that explains it better, mm. and that's when you get like the forces of reaction making up their own excuse of going, well, it's because of globalists like Hillary Clinton, Tony Blair, Bill Gates, Mark mm. Zuckerberg, the globalists. It's like, well, it's not it's not one guy. It's yeah. not it's not a cabal of shady people, is it? Yeah. It's it's this very long running way of organising society has led to this. But that's a less interesting way of... Uh, that's a, a, a... Again, that's not a fun answer. That's mm. not a kind of like, actually... You it's know much what? more complicated. Yeah. And because, uh, uh, like, uh, you, you, you touched on a, uh, on a... on a really important point of, you know, say, when, like, people's lives aren't going how how they envision or how they want or they feel like they're not being afforded certain opportunities or they're being deprived of this or that when people are hurting in that way or they're frustrated or whatever it is that and all that anger and that frustration you if you point that to a simple solution like mm. that like, like how you said you know them whoever that group yeah uh might be then it's just like if you can give a simple solution to someone to someone's big problem they're gonna want they're gonna want to believe it because it's like the path of least resistance as well as most straightforward solution yeah yeah and and worse yeah answer is much more complicated you know um it's much less appealing yeah it's um you know being being a jewish left-wing person over the last five years has been interesting as well because you see you see anti-semitism crop up on the left and it's like yeah i was going to ask you about that and it it, it was like there was definitely anti-semitism in the labor party Mm -hmm. as a long-running thing it wasn't unique to uh corbyn took control and this thing happened it was like no this was a long-running thing and you look back at sort of some of the stuff that happened under Blair and under Alistair Campbell, they ran, you know, um, they ran election material that had uh, Michael Howard as Fagan or as a pig. And it's like, well, he's a Jewish man. You, mm. A pig's not kosher. Fagan is a really awful anti-Semitic stereotype. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's, it's, it wasn't in their lexicon. And it was, there was dumb stuff that happened. But it was sort of like here's here's a stick to beat something with, and then he and then you've got sort of you then mix that in with really legitimate criticism criticism of Israel. It's entirely legitimate to criticize the actions of Israel. It's entirely legitimate to um, to actually say, you know, 
Israel's here, it's not going anywhere, how can we make this work? But it's literally to say the way that it was founded was not ideal and had negative consequences. I don't know what an alternative to it what is, mm. though, because you look at the state of the world post-war, obviously, you, you, you know, what they did wasn't ideal, and wasn't, wasn't great and could have been done a hundred times better, or maybe, um, you know, in an entirely different way. But it's it's legitimate to say that. It's not legitimate to then conflate Judaism and um, and Israel or Zionism, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the sort of belief in a, a solely Jewish state. Um, and that was being done on both sides of it. That was being done in like, I'm going to critique Israel and therefore Jews are answerable to Israel. You have to, as a Jew, come out and denounce Israel. And it was also done in a way of, well, you're critiquing the actions of Israel. Therefore, you're being anti-Semitic. It's like, neither of you are getting this. Mm. And neither of you, are, both of you are putting, you're, you're doing the thing of making Jews answerable to Israel, which puts Jews all over the world at risk because of the actions of Israel. Mm. And it a big complicated question and complicated debate to be had. But it's not a cool one or a fun one. It's not a kind of, uh, the moon men did it. It, it. It's a sort of, well, we need to think about the ramifications of late, uh, late, uh, and, you know, empire. We need to think about what the state of of Europe was and how welcoming it was for a Jewish population. We need to think about the history of the Arab world and their relationship with the West. And it's like, no, it's not a fun debate and an easy one to be had. And it's definitely not one that I've got any concrete answers to. It's definitely not one that there are concrete answers to at the moment. Um, not any humane ones anyways oh definitely like definitely not and you know that there are there are like mathematical answers of these people go here but that's not that, that's not cool we can't yeah, do yeah. that you can't treat people like numbers yeah uh, and it, it was yeah it, it was really frustrating to see that happen and it will every now and then rear its ugly head mm. And it's still like, oh, I'm so, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired. It's exhausting, isn't it? Uh, and because it, it's not only a sensitive, obviously it is an incredibly sensitive issue of massive pain on both sides of the argument. You know, horrible things have happened on each side for generations. It's also hard to have, as you were saying, it's hard to have a discussion about it because someone is going to jump in and throw in that, that, petrol bomb yeah. of being taken to an anti-Semitic place and, or or vice versa. Uh, and, and what's going to get more headlines at the end of the day isn't going to be um, mm. here's a nuanced analysis of what went wrong and uh, perhaps a roadmap to how we might get people back to a negotiating position. Instead, it's, you know, what gets headlines is... Um, you know, something like Maxine Peak has said that all Jews are bad. Mm. That's a that's 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 a made up headline, but damn am I reading this. Yeah, clickbait. 
Yeah. Clickbait. Clickbait is bad for nuance. It's terrible for our society. Yeah, it's... As, as animals, we are really good at keeping two ideas in our heads and saying, both things are true. And I think it's something that perhaps we need to rediscover. Yeah. And perhaps, perhaps this is like part one of the internet is narrowing something into one sentence. And hopefully part two of the internet is subclause or adjunctive or but semicolon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what uh, with, with these clickbaity, misleading headlines, is I think a lot of the time people don't even read the article. They just see the headline and think, oh, that's what so-and-so thinks, no matter what the subject might be. Yeah. And this is why I don't follow any news or anything on my Facebook feed or anything like that, <laughs> because I don't want to see something written like that and then like have it just something like imprinted in my brain thinking that's what so-and-so thinks. Yeah. Because I, and I, even though I know it's probably not 100% true, I know at best it's probably going to be disingenuous, but it's still going to get like, I'm not going to like take my time to read to read it because I've got other things to do. I know that sounds incredibly ignorant, apologies, but it's just how I feel. I just don't want it corrupting my, you know, how I might view something. If I, if I really want to know, I'm going to do my best to, to research and look at and look at the facts. It's just super hard to do Yeah, when it's so uh, clickbaity. Yeah, and there, there is also sort of, you know, the, the debate of impartialness and impartiality of maybe... Maybe 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 impar- being impartial is an impossible aim, and maybe being, you know, maybe maybe it isn't an aim that you actually want to get to, but definitely something that could be done more is transparency mm. and saying we're coming from this position, and therefore we're going to analyze it from this position, and we're going to come to this. If you want a different position, read something else, because if if you're yeah if if a transparent headline isn't, you know, you know, say say Keir Starmer is overheard saying, I'm gonna punch a donkey. That's the headline. You don't get to hear that if I don't get this coffee. <laughs> I don't think Keir Starmer has ever said, I'm gonna punch a donkey if I don't get this coffee. Well, we've said it on a podcast now, it's basically it's, fact. it's entirely true. Yeah. Um yeah. I <laughs> I really like I really like um clickbait clickbait headlines when they're not important <laughs> i love um i love something like uh there, there's a fantastically bad i'm really into comic book comic book movies okay and there's a fantastically bad website called we got this covered and everyone is like captain marvel 2 cancelled and it will come from a tweet of like a Sony executive going, I didn't like that. It's like, well, that's a head of a different studio. Captain Marvel 2 cancelled, confirmed. <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. And it will just be the entire, the entirety of the article is the plot of Captain Marvel. Brie Larson's CV. And the last bit is, is the next one going on? We've not heard a date. Could be cancelled. The, um, oh, that's amazing! There was one like I, I'm quite, I'm quite a big fan of Doctor Who. There was a there was a headline which is huge blow for Jodie Whittaker as uh, BBC reeling from terrible news, and it's like, oh, what's this? 
and I'm reading it, and it's a poll of the people's favourite doctors, who they think is the best doctor. And as always happens, David Tennant becomes number one because he he was at you know he was he was the doctor at the point where the show was reaching new ground. He was a lot of people's firsts. He mm. was really dynamic, had a lot of really good stories. So every time this comes out, no matter who's the doctor, he's doctor number one. And then um, just below him was Jodie Whittaker. I think that's fantastic because yeah. David Tennant's going to win this. It's just what happens. It's it's the lasting impact he's had on the show. Quite right. It was really good. Jodie Whittaker, I think, has been great. The show maybe hasn't been at its best, but that's a production and writing issue. She's great. I think I want to see her with some better writers. But the fact that she got to number two, fantastic. That's great. That's 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 that that she's not at the bottom, despite everyone going, Oh, this show is getting cancelled soon. It's like, no, people clearly really like it and people clearly are engaging with the main character. The ratings are falling. No one's watching TV anymore. That's not how mm. people engage with this content and no one records iPlayer numbers right. When it's on Netflix overseas, it's doing huge numbers. It's a massive show across the world. People aren't watching it on a Sunday night because people don't watch TV generally. I've got mm. a TV. I don't use it to watch anything. Yeah. I use it to play PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, 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 but it the, doesn't the, get clicks to, to, to have that nuanced thing. They have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and bad news does better than good news. Oh, gotcha. bad, and bad news that's looking backwards to a golden period. Oh, David Tennant, remember him. If only he could come mm. back, it would fix everything. It, you get, instead of the, the, the most maybe exciting, or uh, as soon as you scratch the surface, the most exciting news is people still really like this show. It, it people are really engaging with it and it's reaching new audiences particularly young girls who for the first time have got a character in this show who is dynamic and making things and doing things and being a bit of an action hero on a Sunday night on BBC fucking one but that's not as good as that like. no the world has to be ending at all times yeah yeah it has to be like they ruined it. Like so, and what review are you going to read? Is it going to be this film is fine broadly, or this is a flaming car crash? And I'm as guilty of it as, as anyone else. I love watching um, like Mark Commode tear a film to shreds, or you know. You know, go on a, a huge long rant about how terrible this when I when, you know how terrible Sex and City Two is. That's great. I'm a hundred percent gonna watch that over him going. I didn't really like this, but you know what? There was stuff in it. It's not for me. I'm not gonna watch that. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> Dumping the table, yelling. Burn this film, hang the director. Amazing. Mm. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, I was just thinking of that thing. And like, oh, you know, I don't I don't like watching things get trashed. But I just realised it just made me think, have you ever come across uh, Red Letter Media? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Mr. Plinkett Reviews. Yeah, yeah. When he's doing like feature-length documentaries on the Star Wars prequels and Kingdom yeah. of the Crystal Skull. And he- <laughs> yeah, and they're great. The thing is, that's, that's genuinely entertaining 
stuff. He's making an art form out of just because he's playing this like mad old alcoholic murderous yeah. wannabe film critic. He's got like it's like he's in his like house with like piles of VHS of old Star Wars stuff, and he's just taking it's, this film these films way too personally it's great it's i <laughs> he's just so fucked up he's like talking about fucking his cat and I'm, like, <laughs> i i'm increasingly coming to to the the conclusion that most things are fine yeah you know what i watch a film i don't like it how was the film it was fine and it's like when you see something that's objectively bad i'm all over it yeah. Uh, all over like how did you do this like the room like the room oh, it's like how have you made this every this is so bad that it has to be a choice it doesn't feel like it's made by a human uh, right it, it feels like a human wouldn't do this a human would make something that is objectively right because or like just, lot... just, just no one acts in the sort of way that you would expect them to react yeah like when like um one of the characters' mums just goes, I've got the results back. I've definitely got breast cancer. I've got breast and cancer. Does, and so, so like, yeah, I like, have oh, it. okay. Then there's just a Karen drinking their coffee and you're just like... In the same way that you would like, I've got your idiot in next week. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's so like casually done and it's so, it, it's so many scenes. It's like, why have you made any of the de- these decisions? Yeah. And it all comes down to this mad and like I've just been talking about how actually we have to think about big systemic problems the room is not that at all the room is the result of one guy going <laughs> this way and everyone going oh, okay it's he's like, like he's like a Bond villain of like a filmmaker yeah. <laughs> and all the actors other than him are perfectly fine and perfectly decent you don't get there by yourself you get there because you're directed by a madman yeah it's incredible. It in, like um, I watched Cats. Have you seen Cats? No, I have not. Cats is so bad. It's so good to watch something. We're like, no, this is bad. This isn't fine. This isn't like Batman versus Superman. You're like, I get there's some cool, interesting stuff in this, but it's not for me. Yeah. Or is a bit. I don't like this choice. Cats is so bad, and I'm watching it going, why have you? Why? Why does the fur fall so it looks like a butthole? What? what the, this is it. They had to now go I'm back engaged. and re-edit the film cause, <laughs> because they because they they did realistic like the way the fur was falling, like the way the way like the grain of it was a spiral around the butt because that's what cats have because they got buttholes. Yeah. So you had like uh, there is the butthole cut of cats. <laughs> There, there are there are bits where the animation is clipping out because they didn't motion capture it. They they just filmed. There people. is definitely a group of people masturbating to that. Oh, entirely. The entire thing is that, like that's this is definitely a subgenre. Uh, the fact that they give actors who cannot sing arias that go on for fight. Dame Judi Dench, God bless her. She is an absolute diamond, absolute star cannot sing she is can, or at least cannot in that register mm. and she does a straight down the camera I'm going to sing about the rules of cats the main thing is cats aren't dogs this is genuine like straight from the theatre show as well this isn't an embellishment for the screen this is like 
No, this bit is in it. And instead of it being delivered by usually an opera singer, and I can think of some singers who would be fantastic to be cast in that. It'd be a terrible film, but still, at least you'd be there going, oh, look at this amazing, you know, someone like... Um, um, I don't know if you've heard, ever heard of Anne Honey and the Johnsons. Nah, sorry. Fantastic uh, singer, amazing voice. Um, be fantastic in that. Um, Legato Chocolat, who's a fantastic sort of cabaret performer. Gregory Porter, fantastic baritone singer who you just wanted to hear belt out song after song. Cast any of them! They'd be so much more comfortable than Dame Judy Dench singing about a cat, how cats aren't dogs, treat them with respect, while the background actors are there going, how long is this shot going on for? <laughs> oh, my God. The, 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 I'll be honest, James, you've not sold it to me. Oh, it is incredible <laughs> to what, again, so many bad decisions. The, the instruments they have picked are... Like, this is a musical written in the 80s they could update some of the sounds because it's like really bad like what you'd get on like an oh shitty Yamaha keyboard oh, where you're like it. playing with the the kind of pitch dial there's a sound I like know that, that I know that intimately and <laughs> there are like songs that use that and you're like why you have an orchestra you could use what have you the best part of the film is and it's the it's one of the only things that I've seen uh, James Corden do that I thought oh that's fucking funny is it, it, there is a bit where he clearly realises I'm in cats and he's literally there going come on come over here with some of the other cats <laughs> this is a brilliant moment where he goes like cats and you're like yes so you realise what you're in was he like trying to be funny as he did it I I, I feel like if he was, it was very knowing and fair play. If not, that makes it better. Thing I've ever heard. Unintentional comedy is always the best me in those my, sort of situations. Me and my girlfriend watched that um, with a big bag of vegan sweets, getting slowly drunk, and we we just recovered from from what was probably coronavirus. Oh, and we were sitting there watching it going. Am I still slightly hallucinating, or is this happening? And we were like, "Yeah, this this is happening. This is that character is called Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Ian McKellen. Yeah, Ian McKellen's in Ian it. Ian McKellen is in it. Oh Idris Elba. Can, can Idris I Elba hate seeing great actors in car crashes. Idris Elba needs to fire that agent. His, yeah. his TV his TV roles, great. Watching a TV show, Idris Elba's in it. Brilliant. I'll watch it. Yeah. But Cats Stuff. is like a classic, though. Just having the name alone is surely going to be a bit of a draw. I, there, there's Not that a, I know anything about theatre. There's a really good documentary on YouTube by uh, a woman called Lindsay Ellis. It's a really good sort of... Um, talks about sort of modern media and stuff. And she analyses, how did we get here? Mm. How did we do this? And it goes from like, this isn't a stage show let down... This is the cinematic iteration of the stage show. This is what Andrew Lloyd Webber would have dreamed of back in the day. This is what they've done. This is fully realised, other than maybe some technical elements that they should have been cleverer with. 
this is just how the show goes. This is just how the story goes. And it's fucked. But because it's the theatre and it has this air of legitimacy and sort of middle classness, everyone like, well, it must be you'll be seeing it live as well. And because you'll if you're be seeing, there, you'll be yeah. shoulder to shoulder. There's the atmosphere. There's something in the air for a live performance. And, and even if the show is a piece of shit, what a thing to see! What a bit of artistry to see! Yeah. What a bit of like stagecraft, set design. Because there won't sound be any design. CGI because you can't do that live, so it's all costume. Yeah, and it's and all happening there. And you how, know how they... have they treated this? How have they done this big yeah. spectacular thing that I've seen on stage? It was like they did um, a musical of Spider Man. Uh-oh. Which was a very ill-fated, terrible musical. Uh, I'm and not surprised. Everything I've seen of it is like the soundtrack was done by U two. It was late U two as well. Mm. Um, the uh, it went through about seven Spider Men in the first few months because they kept getting <laughs> terrible accidents. There's a there's a video there's a video of a guy he's about to swing off a ledge and he jumps and just lands in the orchestra pit. Oh no! <laughs> it's so bad. Oh my god! A fair play to the sound to, to the lighting guys because they're like they are primed. He jumps, he fall falls a little too long and they're immediately like down, lights off, gone dark. You hear the audience like oh. He he survived, and I hope he was with a union because he would probably would have gotten quite a nice payout from that. Yeah, but what? But again, at least you see that line. Yeah. These are people doing acrobat acrobatics yeah. live. This is stagecraft live. Yeah, and also like, there's never going to be a performance quite like that. In another, in, 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 so, yeah, sure, it's going to be a runner show. It's going to be doing the same show for God ahead of it. But it's all, each night's going to be that little bit different. So you know that how, how mm. every line's carried, how every uh, every movement, every note from the band, every inflection with the lights, all and, and all those sort of things. They're never going to be quite the same. So there's that excitement, mm. and plus also there's something a lot to be said. I know we've been deprived of this for like the last like six, seven months, yeah. but there's something about being shoulder to shoulder people, and you're going through. You're you're witnessing something unique. Yeah, together. and like there's a shared experience and yeah, yeah. You are you are there in this place watching a thing happening, and these are real people. And your brain can say these are people. They they aren't on a flat screen at a weird angle because you're in a big cinema. You are you can, they are there. And it is ticking a, a spooky bit of your brain of this is uncanny. I know that this person isn't this man. But they're being this man, and I, and visually and audio, this is just a guy here doing a thing. But I know this is a guy. This is a different guy who did training to do this thing, who went to a drama school or put on their own one man play and got an agent and got discovered. There is a story of how this this professional got here. But I'm watching this other story. My my girlfriend grew up in the circus. Um, uh, her mum did uh, cloud swing which is a sort of trapeze act um, and uh, she did flying trapeze as well and, and we were talking about this the other night and uh, circus is you've got one f- when you're in the audience you're very close to skill you're very close to sort of um, seeing someone triple somersault or juggle seven live 
uh, lobsters or tightrope while doing those two things. <laughs> but you're also really close to death. You're really close to this can go wrong and this has gone wrong. Death defying is death defying. You are defying, you are going, yeah. this is a thing that will get me killed. Let's see if it does. Let's see, let's see what can work better, gravity or my skill. And I, I it, there is so much to be said for that. And there is so much to be said for going to a place and watching skill. Because we are, we are may, maybe getting more and more alienated from our own skill, the way that work is, is, is evolving. Um, we are sort of, Put, put aside from our own humanness or our own physicality, the way that, you know, we, we sit at a desk all day, the way that we, we use our brains instead of maybe using our hands, or if we are using our hands, it's a monotonous thing. Lift that box, take it to that side of the warehouse, you know, press this lever, assemble this phone. And we're not, we're not in tune with sort of the body mind, the body as a whole, the body, as, the, the brain as function of the body instead of other way around. And to, to, to engage with that is really, really special. And I can say that I'm a comedian. All I do is my head is doing talking and my body is walking from one end of the stage to the other. Sometimes not very much if it's going a bit badly. And I'm just by the mic stand going, yeah, it was, was, What's all this about, eh? Hanging off a dear life. Yeah, this is my anchor to definitely <laughs> to my sanity. <laughs> and we're yeah, we're very yeah, going going and seeing a thing. Go and see a thing. Yeah. Go go and and, and see people do a thing because it's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot to be said, especially like uh, you know I was I was saying on the <clears throat> on the walk over to the studio how much like I love comedy because although <clears throat> you know I because uh, um, I do music for a living and I've always been a fan of music but we you know don't know if if you 100 percent agree but when you take something you love and you turn it into a career or a pursuit or something you do lose a little bit of that fandom. Yeah, definitely, and um. Particularly, particularly in the arts, where it's sort of like there is an era, sometimes an era competition, and instead yeah. of sort of like I'm here to not only do my set, I'm here to watch comedy. You're, I'm, you're kind of here going, well, how have they got this gig tomorrow? How do I get on that gig tomorrow? How have they got a ten minutes where I'm doing? Hundred percent, how I feel about music. Go, go, go how, to see again. How are they headlining? I'm better than that, or or I should not be headlining. They're yeah. way better than me. Yeah. See, because like I, I don't do comedy, uh, mm. you know, so I can just turn up to a comedy gig and just completely switch off and just enjoy it. Yeah, I'm not thinking in that sort of sort of way. So, like in a way, I'm like a bigger fan of comedy. Yeah. Than music, which I, I saw a lovely. It's not. It's not out of any like lack of love for music. It's just because I, I'm in the game and I'm in the zone and when you want to get good at something that's quite hard to do, mm. be it writing songs, playing in bands or telling jokes, uh, anything like that, you have to live and breathe it and you're constantly switched on. And if you see it going on, you're kind of thinking, how would I do it? Or yeah, how, yeah. You know, what can how I, do I what get can to I that level? Uh, yeah, what can I take from this? Uh, yeah. Which is great and it's admirable, but it's quite hard to... We're often not great audience members 
Oh, no, no. When you're, <laughs> and it's the same with comedy. When you're doing a gig in front of um, other comedians, depending on who the other comedians are, in Bristol, actually, it's a really nice bunch. Mm. Um, and sometimes I want them at the front because I know that at least then there's a table that are yeah. interested in comedy. But a lot of the time it's sort of like, cool, this excellent act has seen my set hundred times by now. This guy's bored of my opening joke. This guy is is on next and he's, you know, his leg's worried. This is, for some reason, the one woman who's been booked on and she's feeling self-conscious. Um, and it, it's sort of, it could be really difficult performing to other performers because they're not there as audience. They're there as sort of, again mm. fucking hell oh this bit oh that's nice I'll get that <laughs> never like I'm gonna steal that but sort of like I see how they've done that I, just, I like that that is something I sort of notice from going to like comedy nights like at the wine vaults and, and things like that I'll, yeah. I'll look around and I'll see you guys watching each other and you'll be ha- you'll have like a different look in your eye because I'm just I'm having a great time I'm just like hanging out with friends and drinking I'm like laughing my ass off and everything else. but I'll look around and I can see like there are folk there like uh, like yourself or David or, or, or yeah, whatever yeah. and like I can just see the cogs are kind of turning in your head like I don't know if you're analysing it or you're, or you're thinking about your set or what I don't know like you're, you're, you're obviously just you're obviously just working if that makes yeah, yeah. sense and it, there's stuff happening <laughs> it will be sometimes like you watch something and you go that was great how have they approached this but you realise that I've really appreciated this, but I've sat there going, and that's not how you're meant to appreciate it. Because <laughs> yeah. it's funny, and you're there going, this is funny. How yeah, has... but you're not laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how has your brain worked? You know, how, how's Abby Clark or Farooza Zari or, you know, how you David Hall, how has their brain worked? And they've done this, because this is entirely alien to my voice. Could I do that? I don't know if I could. Mm. And it's really weird because it's like we are just doing the same thing other than maybe someone like David who's sort of got a guitar. Yeah. And we are doing this. We're just making sounds with our mouth until someone goes, yes. (laughs) But, yeah, finding, um, yeah, finding out how they've done this makes your brain work and makes your brain work in a way it's like I just want to enjoy this because I really like this set I really like this joke and you end up laughing at the wrong bits because you'll be like that's a really good turn of phrase everyone else has laughed at like the punchline it's like you know and uh, uh, and then I said to the magpie hey go back to France everyone's laughing but you're there laughing at the way he said um, two you're like yeah that's great <laughs> And you'll go up to the bathroom like, the way you said two, man, just gets me. And, and like, sometimes it'll be like, they'll be like, I'm really glad you enjoyed that. Or it'll be like, the fuck are you on about? It's, it's the same sort of thing with music. Like, 
you'll I'll, you as a musician you'll like listen out for a bit in the song and be like oh that's my favorite bit and it'd be something like really nerdy like you'll hear that they are like putting like a non-diatonic chord or something like that and you'll be like oh my god when yes. you just like drop the root down a whole step even though you're playing an a major you just play a g chord to go out of the course yes and it's kind of got like, gives it that beatlesque sort of thing and yeah no i i drove ex-girlfriend's mental going on about this <laughs> i i've done that there is a there is a comedian called sean morley who is i think he's sheffield based and he's uh fantastic i've got a lot of time for him he has a really good interesting podcast with another guy called jack evans called mandatory redistribution party it's very fun very like if you want like a fun take on on politics it's quite an interesting one um, but his set and the way he approaches comedy, I think, is incredible. And I've listened to his entry for the BBC New Act Comedian of the Year. Probably like there was probably a week where it was like once a day because going, what has he done here? Because he, he he all he does is he just kind of it, it's not a very BBC New Act comedian set because he's sort of being very obtuse and very strange and going out into the audience going I want to start with the national anthem and the audience is freaking out and he's appealing, he's trying to appeal to every quarter of the room trying to win people back and it, it, it it's a really interesting really strange, bizarre set um, and I was definitely listening to this over and over going, what is he doing? and driving my girlfriend who is patient enough to live with me mental or she's going what it's a good it's funny but stop it stop this it's yeah i think i think when you start to appreciate something as an insider you listen to to like tiny elements of effort and tiny elements of what's this how have yeah. you done this? You're looking for like the special, like little, like you want to sort of take that engine apart and see how it's put together. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know how much it works with music, but I know, definitely know with comedy, stops it from being fun. You're oh, for, analyzing well, like. It doesn't, and it doesn't for music. Yeah. Uh, I, it, 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 musicians are kind of different. You get some that don't want to know anything about the theory. Or anything like that they'll just be like oh it sounds good that'll work okay I can see the song does that sort of thing I'll remember that yada yada but you'll get some people who will just like take the harmony apart and talk about how it all works to together like there's a guy a YouTuber called Adam Neely who's this uh, New York jazz guy fucking incredible mm. but he just he did like an uh, analysis video on um, Sir Duke uh, Stevie Wonder you know, you could feel it all over. So that goes from like a B minor, I think. Oh no, B major to like an F minor seven, which is really unusual change. And he was just talking about why that chord change worked in such, he spent about 20 minutes talking about yeah. those two chords and how the, the vocals work with it. Yeah. Just that little thing. And when you, but when you listen to it and you're enjoying the sound, you think, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, uh, there's there's a term. That's in... quite a specific example, so I apologise. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. that, that's fact, like there's there's an element in theatre called there's a theory in theatre called greater than the sum of its parts, and it's sort of while you're there, you're going, this is incredible, and you can dissect all the things that's happening, and you listen, you see them or listen to them alienated to each other, and you're like, 
this is just a lighting change, this is just a, a chord change, or this note here. As soon as you piece it all together, you're like, what? This is kind of magic. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm fascinated by what other kind of artists think of art and seeing how much you can apply that to your field that you want to go into. Mm. So like, um, I, I really like uh, Brian Eno's um, uh, what's it? The strategy cards. Do you know? I don't know too much about Brian Eno. He has been brought up on this podcast quite a few times. Oh, by right. Musicians more intelligent than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Brian Eno vibe. That's like people who are cleverer than me like him. I I like I quite like a lot of his stuff. I I quite like his kind of early stuff where he's still kind of very Roxy music glam mm. rock. Yeah. And then a bit of weird stuff. But he did... Are they called obtuse strategy? He did strategy cards for when you've got... When you when when your brain's stuck on something. And they're sort of like... They're very... They're words that you can pin a lot on. And it's like... Play it backwards and think about it. Um, do this wrong. Oh, like, I could do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it'd be like, um, you know, um, and sometimes it's that sometimes they don't mean anything. Like, do we need holes? And uh, just for you to think about and go, well, how can, what does that mean? What does, mm. How can I? This is and sometimes this, you this get this like, some bells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and sometimes yeah. you get something like, great. This means this. This is fantastic. And, but sometimes it's like, Brian, you've lost me. But they they really I find them really useful for writing, um, whether it's comedy or sort of like drama. It's really kind of an interesting sort of like other other practices from other art forms coming in to um, to help you with a different art form. Like uh, I don't know if you know Piet Mondrian, who's he's a he's a quite famous painter. He did like big block like literal just squares of color like a white canvas a few black lines and like a yellow square and a blue square i think i know who you mean because uh yeah i do think you've you've I probably do seen think, yeah if, if i had a jamie fern here he'd be pulling it up on google <laughs> yeah okay, i know what you mean but i think i know what you mean but yeah please continue. so i was i i got really fascinated by him because i went to a um I went to an exhibition of his, and I just knew him as the, the colour block guy. And I went to this exhibition, and that his, that's his late work. And he decided, I'm going to distill images down to constituent blocks of colour. And his early work is very literal. And you can see a crossover between, like, here is a windmill, and here is the windmill again, but it's just a big red square with some white and black lines. And then I thought, well... He's distilled, so this is still this. This means this, but looking at it isn't this, and only through further dissection do you remember. Oh, that's how you write dialogue. Because people aren't talking, They're, the surface level is a white canvas with some lines and some blocks, but really it's a, a lighthouse. The surface level is, you know, you know a very, like, Alan Bennett example is like, I'm going to talk about the state of my teapot. 
but actually they're talking about their grief because their dad's died or something like that. But people, particularly, particularly in England, don't talk about what they mean. They talk about they talk through metaphor. They talk through sort of and they'll argue through metaphor. We're going to have an argument about how we're going to decorate this wall. Well, actually, we're having an argument because it's the end of our relationship and it's all going to bubbling up. Mm. And that you know, I it it clicked through what through looking at different artists and artists who weren't maybe in that field, and then you get to go back and and do that and and yeah yeah it's it's it, it's interesting sort of what crosses over and what can click better than actually the field that you're trying to be in. Yeah, there there was a thought I had uh, that relates to that. Uh, that I've just been sitting on. I was thinking, like, yeah, I do think that getting into being a, getting into being a fan of stand up comedy and really geeking out on it, watching these specials, listening to comedians on podcasts and everything, it's made my music better. I really That's think that. That's interesting. I really strongly believe that because <clears throat> I'm just I'm locking into it as a fan and I'm not analyzing. I mean, I, I'll like think like okay that joke works like that and yada 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 like really yeah, yeah. really then, really fucking rudimentary or, or stuff. that didn't work that was a bad sale yeah uh yeah yeah, like, yeah i'm not even gonna f- it, it's absolutely mickey mouse stuff to to someone such as yourself but anyways i'm because i'm thinking of, i'm not really thinking about it in an analytical way i'm just thinking like that that's hilarious i feel great this is exciting uh you know really just just enjoying it as a fan so then i sort of think maybe i want subconsciously maybe i'm sort of thinking i just want my music to feel like that I want my songwriting to feel like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to be more direct. I'm going to be more punchy. And like, I'm not, not not like I'm making my music funny or anything like that. I'm not, I've never really been like into writing joke songs or anything like that. I'm not really. Yeah, yeah. That's not really my, the thing. If anyone's laughing at my music, then I, I'll be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny, like a lot of, a lot of like the time in, in art or drama laughter is like a sort of like you can laugh it's fine oh that was a funny line in this you never get that in music and sometimes when you do that it's bad it ruins it it's like you'll listen to a Beatles album and you're like oh no it's Ringo's funny song for idiots oh no yeah I mean my favorite music, favorite sort of musicians that I hang out with, have all got a good sense of humor. Like, if we fuck up or something goes wrong on stage, like we'll laugh. Yeah. About it. like um, uh, a a guy that plays a lot in the music scene. Uh, well, before the world ended, um, a friend of mine <laughs> called Lewis Craven, like amazing uh, rock, blues, jazz guitarist. But he'll like he's fucking incredible. But um, he, if he'll I've seen him like play live and he'll hit like a wrong note or something and he'll just like laugh about it and mm. uh, so he just carries it yeah carries it off you know because if something goes wrong it's just like <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and uh people can see it's like oh okay like they know that they made a mistake then it's just like oh the human just carrying it off with a with a laugh but yeah if you're taking yourself seriously and then like you can't laugh at yourself there's nothing worse than a musician that takes himself or herself way too seriously it just makes me want to it just makes me want to like jump off a bridge it's just the worst thing it's why like i as much as i like idols i, I prefer slaves because i 
Have you, have you heard? Oh, like, uh, uh, the yeah, yeah, the, the band, not like, <laughs> I really like it. Uh, that sounds very like, I want... I love oh, Slaves. But, I, yeah, I only recently got into them. It was either Joe or Harry from the Underdog Club, the band I, I played. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was one of them two, uh, shout out guys, uh, uh, who got me into them because we're writing more rockier sort of stuff and we're kind of like more riff based, getting more riff based. So mm. that was a good frame of reference. Yeah. And they're like, they're, they're on the surface level kind of similar. They're kind of fast paced. Yeah. Very loud, shouty, rock, punk. But I can find like idols could be a bit, they're great, but they can know, be a bit yeah. very earnest. And they yeah. could be like, here's yeah. a song about masculinity. Here's a song about poverty. Here's a song about, and it's like, actually, I just want to, have some idiots shouting and singing Last Christmas at the top of their voices yeah. and it's fucking September. I wanna, I, if it if it came to that, I'd watch that because I know yeah. I'm going to laugh a bit more. Idols are a weird one for me because I just, it was on telly a few years ago, I watched some of their set on the Glassman. I was fucking blown away. The energy and everything. But I've li- like got h- halfway through their first album a few times now and normally if I don't like a band straight away, like there's so much music out there I'll just drop it, move on. Maybe I'll get back to them later. Yeah, I've really tried to get into them. I just for some reason idols they just dismissed because they've I, everything I love. They're so energetic. They're from Bristol. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to like. I just I, can't can't get into them. A hundred percent. If you can see them live, go and see them live. Yeah, I they, definitely would. It, they they do a great show. The front man's really good. But again, he is very like intense and very sort of like. There's not a lot of room for laughter. And even when he's doing like talking to the crowd and stuff, it will be all be like, "Well, oh, it's really nice to be here. Oh, I've always wanted to play here." Whereas like you see slaves, and they'll be like doing a little joke or being a couple of idiots, and it's like I do mm. want to watch that more. Yeah, and I I love I love an overly serious artist, but every now and then it's like, what do I want to? Yeah, actually. Do I want yeah. do I, you know? Do I want to listen to a long Scott Walker screaming into a woods, or do I want to listen to Tom Waits, who will, in all his stern and seriousness, will have some funny elements in it? And if you see him live, he's doing some real dumb dad jokes with the crowd. And even though he's like he's barking like a dog and sounding like a man who's drunk nothing but whiskey and you know, nails. Yeah, and smoking gravel. <laughs> but he is still wisecracking. There is still an element of humour in it. And it's yeah. like, it's really, it. it's not just humanising. It's sort of, it's a little treat for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like people like Dave Grohl are fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Black Keys are on uh, Rogan. Uh, what, about a year or two ago mm. and Rogan was like talking to Pat the drummer saying like dude you could do stand up because he's just like ranting about things about like his kids like like being on like screens on a sunny day or something like that yeah. he's just doing it in like the funniest way and they're telling these stories about like taking acid in Europe and like Dan Auerbach almost like tipped 50 euros to go use a toilet and things <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah and it, it's like cool um, do I want to listen to that and get a sense of humour or do I li- do I listen do I listen to Muse and feel sad and like <laughs> oh cool yeah you think you're saying a lot don't you yeah even uh, if they are saying a lot well they were I, I loved the first three four albums 
And then they got, um, they were, and I say in air quotes, uh, political. They were... By which I mean they were just throwing in ham-fisted references to Orwell without any, like, sense of, like, context. They were um, and... entirely ruined by oh. the kind of people I went to school with who were really into them. They ah. were good, good friends of mine, some of them, and they were just... Like... That would have been me if we went to the same school. <laughs> it was like, they were just, all three of, the, three of them would be in a conversation about, like, yeah, man, their latest album. So I've you've heard this conversation a hundred times. I've sat through this conversation a hundred times. I'm I'm out. I'm yeah. done. Fuck off. Super fandom's a problem. Super fandom is it, and I am entirely guilty of being hmm. in a hundred super fandoms. I will really get overly engrossed in a fandom and then drop it, and then yeah. we'll be on to the next one. But fucking. There is a difference between listening to experts and going, this is great. Mm. And there is a difference between listening to Anoraks and going... Are those Muse albums? No, no, like, like um, li- listening to people who are experts. Oh, right, and sorry. Who are like, this is... No, 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 that's fine. That's... <laughs> do, you want, do you want if I run to the... Loop? Yeah, let's, let's take a minute. Oh, we... Yeah, dude, there's something I've been meaning to ask you. Absolutely. I've been seeing on your social media in the last, like, month or two. Fantastic. Something about gigs getting cancelled by very big mice. <laughs> Not rats, but... Just just mice. Mice. Even internet gigs have been getting into the routers, apparently. So... so uh, yeah, dude, please. I've been, <laughs> I've been sitting on this for, like, two months now. Tell me what the hell is going on. Um, so, because of um, coronavirus... Obviously, gigs got cancelled, so, and they they went to being online for a bit, and then everyone did a lot of them and thought this is great. Actually, this sucks. These are bad. Apart from uh, David Hawes one, which is fantastic, and I think there's another one which I quite like. But um, after a while, gigs started to you get whispers of like they're doing this gig. What? And they'd be for, wouldn't be for people like me. I'm on like just very start of semi-professional, very start of sort of like regularly paid every now and then you cover your bills. That's all you can ask for, which very happy about that. But great that's feeling. not happening for another while. Yeah, but it's a great feeling when it first happens. Oh, it? Yeah. yeah, there was a there was about a month, about two months before Christmas where my bills were covered through comedy Mm. and it was fucking amazing it was i had paid for water council tax and food and i felt i felt so elated and then obviously Mm -hmm. well first of all january happens and paid gigs peter out for a bit january sucks ass no matter what's going on in the world and then and then uh, and then we entered the Rhone zone. Um, <laughs> I've not heard it. I've not heard that before. That's great. And we we <laughs> gigs just disappeared. Now I'm lucky because I, I I still got income from a day job. I've you know I I shifted to doing sort of like uh, dumb paintings that sort of managed to sell a few of I them. Like your paintings. Oh, cheers, man. Them they, out, man. They are dumb. Um, oh, no, they're not dumb. I, I like them. They're at Real Dumb Art on Instagram. Um, I've just did one yesterday of Alan Partridge, which uh, quite happy with. Uh, but yeah, they, I, I was lucky. There were I 
my heart bleeds that there will be comedians who at the start of the year quit their day job. Oh, yeah. Walked out of the, you know, there, there might be some who did a fantastic, hey, and fuck you, and left, and they're going off, they've got yeah. tour support or whatever. That, then in comes the aggiest protein you've ever seen, and it fucks the entire economy. Yeah. Particularly gig economy, particularly if you're gigging. The heart bleeds for him. I feel so sad. Mm. So lucky I'm not in that situation. So lucky yeah. I haven't made it yet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thank God that I've not made it big enough where the entirety of my rent is dependent on my, you know, my art form. But so gigs started to come back and there'd be little whispers of they're doing this in Lakota. Oh, they're, they're doing this in a, in uh, you know, in this car park that's in a drive-in gig uh, and some Facebook friends of mine were getting these gigs and I was looking at this, it's insane and they, you know, I and I, I was getting, starting to get messages about, can you do this gig in about a month? I was like, yeah. Can you do this gig in about a month? Yeah, brilliant. And they'd get postponed a bit, get shifted around a bit and there was, there was a few that I got booked for at the start of summer that have now been cancelled because as it stands, it looks like we're all getting back into a bit more of a... Yeah, looks like it. Looks like it. I'm trying to stay positive, I'm, but... Uh. I, I'm hoping that whatever happens, they get it right, and at least it happens, we come out, and we've got a success. Mm. Fingers crossed. Who knows? But, so... There were these rumours and they these gigs sounded insane because they weren't in a comedy club anymore. They weren't in a room above a pub. They were in uh, by a bandstand in Portsmouth uh, on the Downs where before they opened up the, the outdoor venues they've got at the Downs now. Um, and so then like after a while, people... More kind of established gig runners were doing gigs there, and yeah, people like Mark Oliver, who runs a lot of like specialist one-off shows in Bristol, with fantastic guy to to know, who's very generous and very lovely. But these, some of these gigs were in insane places for insane people, run by insane people, booking acts, and I was going, what, what is this? And then I decided, right, I'm gonna. I'm going to make up some some nights because these all sound crazy. I'm just going to make up some nights because they sound crazy. Get some comedians to laugh. Get, you know, Will Preston in, in Portsmouth to do a laughing face emoji. That'll be fine. Get Sam Michael in Swindon to be like, that's very funny. Louise Lee, ah, oh, very funny. Um, Danny Johns, very funny. Brilliant. If I can get my comedian friends to be like, that's very good. Great. I posted this and these gigs were in, in, insane. You know, it was like, um, uh, <laughs> um, Gary, Garrison's comedy attic in Wooten underemployment. Uh, the South Shields comedy variety hour hosted by Barry Hitler's, uh, <laughs> 
There was one which was literally Ralph Seville, which is like, that's a combination of Ralph Harris and Jimmy Savile. Let's see if anyone gets it. No one got it. And it was like, it took Ralph, me a second, James. I apologize. It was like Ralph Seville hosting a show on his, um, over his Minecraft server. And I posted this up. A few laughy face emojis, a sea of people who just saw, oh, he got put for a gig. Like, heart emoji. Well done. So proud of you from like family members. I'm glad to get it back on it. So these are all insane, dumb gigs. And like people are finding going, how did you get these gigs? They sound cool. They haven't got these gigs. These are all right. I have to cancel these gigs. <laughs> Fine. And I need to drum it into people just how silly they are for believing that I was doing a gig for Barry Hitler's or Ralph Seville. So I, I... I was changing my girlfriend's name on my phone to, to all these insane people going, no gig. Gig is cancelled. Oh, really sorry, man. How come? Uh, big mice. Not rats. Big mice. I posted this. And I thought, that's fine. Again, See of, of of likes, maybe like one sad face, someone going, oh, sorry to hear that, man, really sorry. Posted another one. Uh, my girlfriend stepped the fuck up to the plate. The back and forth with her is insane. <laughs> she adopted characters that were brilliant. I was like, can you just cancel a gig because of mice, not rats? You need to be very clear it's not rats. Like, Leave it with me. And I was getting texts going, man, real sorry, dude. Sorry, bro. And it's like not in her voice. I'm like, this is like texting another person. This is amazing. Gig's been cancelled, man. Big mice. Not rats. Really important you know that it's not rats. Big mice. Real big mice. And I'm like, oh, no, you won't believe this. This happened to me earlier. And so on. And then she replied, scared for you, bro. And it's like, yes. It's so brilliant. And the third time I did this, someone commented going, I noticed this is happening to you a lot. I work in theatres and theatres have been left alone for a while and the mice have really repopulated theatres. I said, are you telling me that I've like, I've imagined this into existence? This is fucking amazing that these, what? What do you mean mice have taken over? It's a genuine thing. Mice, theatres are massive spaces. They're in city centres. There will be mice, rats, rodents, whatever. Because there's a lot of footfall, they're quite timid creatures. They hide away. There's not a lot of footfall at the moment. So these places are kind of have a bit of an infestation problem. Ah. Well, you would have thought that there wouldn't be any food kept on the premises, though. So why are they, what would they be eating? Uh, quite a lot of the time, there might be. If it's like the snack bar is oh, yeah. gone the you know there's the, the call the vending machine or something yeah yeah the 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 sticky floor in the beer cellar yeah the um uh you know the yeah the crisps behind the bar the packets of peanuts whatever the, there's there's enough there for mice to live on yeah um because also there's less food out on the street at the moment because people aren't going out mm. as much Mice are going indoors and they're pe- people are having more and more rodent problems. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, fanta- I genuinely had a gig cancel on me. Uh, someone genuinely were like, I'm really sorry. The council has turned around and said, we can't do this. Also, there's the mice problem. It's like, you, 
little fucker. And then my um, a friend of mine who I do a, a, pod, a podcast with very occasionally called What Do We Want, um, he he messaged me going, oh, we have to re-record the last episode. So it's just, the audio file is full of mice. It's like, this has gotten out of hand. I, I cannot... Love this. I I love that. So all my I gigs, love it when a joke gets out of hand. It's just all, the, my favorite thing. All my gigs got cancelled by mice, and uh, I have the next step planned. Uh, I just needs me to be asked to again change my girlfriend's number on my phone. Um, but yeah, I've got the next. It's gonna be great. Oh my god. Oh, I'm not gonna ask because I well, I don't don't think you tell me anyway. So <laughs> I, I'll be. <laughs> watching your socials uh, I, I'm a fa- I've got family members going you have a really rubbish run of luck with these mice like, mm. no clearly you sh- not this you, sh- clearly you shouldn't have going- slagged off cats so much this is this karma. is it <laughs> this is it this is what's happened James Corden's done it again yeah. it's done goofed me uh, have you heard about the uh, rat wars in New York uh, New York have a big. Yeah, well, they have like loads of rats I mean, they, out anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a island. Yeah, know. yeah. So, because um, <clears throat> they live off like a large part of like what restaurants throw away. Yeah. Obviously, during lockdown, they weren't throwing throwing as much food away. Mm. So there wasn't enough food for all the rats, so they were like going to war with each other, like cannibalizing each other. And... <laughs> Just put some GoPros down there, man, oh. and some uh, night vision. You'd have, dude. That'd be terrifying. Just That's... like, could you imagine like a Battle Helms Deep style thing with like two rats. like armies of rats and they're horrible like New York scabby rats. That's horrendous. Well, yeah, like um, the most messed up thing is that obviously it's, this is not going to get rid of all the rats, but the rats that do survive. Are going to be the ones that have the won. Super rats. They're the ones that have won the rat wars. Oh no, Darwinism on like fast yeah, forward. Yeah, we're going to be talking about like rats with like jacked arms and tattoos. Incredible. It's like um, assault weapons, bandoliers of ammunition, hand uh, grenades. Oh, <laughs> smoking cigars. <laughs> so I also feel like rats are just something you don't fuck with. Oh, they're horrible. Like I. No, horrible. I, 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 I work. My day job is like in the industrial part of Bristol so I do see every mm. now and then not where I work thankfully but I w- you will see just like on the way to work uh, ruin my day mm. I and we, we've we've had mice in the flat as well and it just feels like horrible just feel oh, I'd rather mice. ghosts I'd rather ghosts than oh, mice I don't mind mice I wouldn't like Go grab one or anything, but I I try and like push them out. I, I, I had to kill a few of my old works. They get stuck on glue traps, and there's nowhere to humane, uh, humanely get them off. So yeah, had to do the deal with them. And I didn't feel great. We um, <laughs> we had one that we just was dead, just in the middle of the floor, was dead. Yeah, and we were like, is it dead? Oh, it doesn't look happy. Whatever it is, it's like little trickle of blood behind. It's like how? Where has this come from? Where is this drop from the ceiling? Where is, is that? If that's the case, nah, mate. It won't horrible. The, it won't drop from the but, ceiling. Well, do you think they've got like suction pads, like special forces? Well, so did it come from a light fitting? From okay, that's more. That's that's more horrible. Yeah. Okay, horribly okay, possible. Um, and it was just 
there and it's like I don't know whether he's dead or not either way it's not happy <laughs> uh, I was like there with a hammer going do I bash it mm. I don't want to bash uh, it it's a, yeah. and like looking at this guy I'm real sorry <laughs> like me and my girlfriend are both strict we're, we're vegan now but we were like vegetarian back then and we were both there going oh guess guess we gotta finish the job not yeah. good. Not a fun thing. Yeah, well, Ghosts don't have that problem with. Yes, because they don't exist. <laughs> I know, <laughs> or right? do they? Oh. Uh, I used to work at a studio in Sheffield called Yellow Arch, and I'm pretty sure that's haunted. Sick. What, 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 what did you see? Well, there were stories. Well, you just get feelings, because like, there's this big old like 19th century. It was an old nuts and bolts mill, like big high ceilings. Nice. At night, it was fucking terrifying I'd sometimes have to work like in like late into the evening like closing up at like 11 yeah and, I, and I, it's, it's massive it's a massive complex and yeah no shadows cast weird and you just get like chills and stuff every now and yes again. mate like uh, I, there, there's always people told me about like apparently one time during a sing teacher that works there had this story about like a wedge monitor just like lifting itself up during a lesson and putting itself down I love that I don't know like if I believe in ghosts but I, one of the I engin- love a ghost story yeah one of the engineers was saying something like he was just closing up and like there were like curtains going into like what we, call, we used to call the unit um, just basically this big downstairs room he's saying he'd left the curtains like closed and he came back and they were open uh, things like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm getting like hair standing up on my, my you know what you're much more likely to like get hit by a bus but we don't freak out when we're talking about buses but something about ghosts I, about and, and like I, you I, see I, a ghost by all accounts the ghost is just there to be like Ooh, maybe throw a thing the go- death by ghost is, is as far as I'm aware not a not a thing no it's not a thing but like my, my girlfriend's mum has some incredible ghost stories <laughs> so like the, the spookiest is they went with the circus travelling across the Carpathian Mountains. And that is... Circus Carpathian Mountains. Yeah, this is... I, 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 can hear the string, I can hear the string section just fading in as we're talking about uh, this. It's like Iris, Iris out, it's old grainy film. Um, and it's like, you know, it, it's I think maybe the 80s or 90s, they're in Ford Transit vans. They're not in like horse-drawn carriages, but they're sort of like converted transit vans into living vehicles a few bigger vans for like circus rigs and stuff mm-hmm. and they're driving across this mountain range and the locals have told them don't stop whatever you do however dark it gets you don't stop you don't camp out that night just don't and it's pitch black they're tired they're in a convoy that they're knackered so they go well let's look stop for the night get some sleep carry on and this is this is the area in... I hate this story, but carry on. This is the, this is the area of Transylvania where oh, Vlad the Impaler was oh, impaling, sake. where there was the wars with the Turks and the locals. Incredible, spooky shit. And my, my a girlfriend... A lot of bones. A lot of bones. My girlfriend's mum drew a circle of salt around the van, just out of kind of, we're in a, a spooky area. I'm going to do this whatever happens happens I've done this now no one else did and they were having they whether it was like you know it's you're in a higher altitude you might you're maybe a little starved of oxygen you're tired you're in dream 
wake, but they were all saying like they were having horses jump through their vans. Someone turned around and their their partner's face was a different face. Leah's mum said her van was just rocking, just constantly like throughout the night, what is going on? And then they, they all drove off like, did you get any sleep? We're never stopping in this field again. Oh. The the best ghost story she's got though is that she lived in a haunted house with Bob Mortimer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't just like you know they they were doing Ouija boards. The 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 the, the planchette counter thing was just whizzing all over the place. Like, what the fuck is going on? Bob was upstairs. He got pinned down on the bed by an invisible force and then while that was happening my girlfriend's mum saw a faceless man in the window oh my god but the the the, the most insane thing is that Bob Mortimer <laughs> TV's Bob Mortimer lovely Bob from the fishing show <laughs> oh this conversation's freaked me out oh are you do you get do you get spooked oh I am now yeah no I, I get spooked really easily but no I need to get over this so. I um, I I I'm in a kind of like yeah a real split thing with with ghosts. It's like I don't know if I believe them, but I know that people see them. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're real, mm. but yeah. people are seeing them. Yeah, and sometimes that means like they need to. That's something in their head that is mm. like I've had a thing where after my granddad died, I went to visit my grandma, and I was in his house. I was falling asleep on the sofa because we my grandma ladens everyone with booze as soon as you arrive. So it's like three in the afternoon, um, she just drifted off. And I'm in this place, there are the right smells, the right sounds, the right feel of the light. So my brain implants my grandpa walking in and sitting on the chair. I know that that is not what's happening. That is me going well this makes sense therefore this happens and maybe a lot of that is the power of suggestion and maybe a lot of what people see with ghosts is the power of suggestion or perhaps the feel that they need this they need contact with something else um they you know maybe sometimes coming back to what you were saying almost with conspiracy theories is they feel that their life isn't going well so they need the malicious, the 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 malicious force of of an angry spirit, something like that. Yeah, you, you you like maybe you need to like personify, yeah, your, your pain or your anguish. Yeah, and I think so. So, so something that's like tangible that you can like understand mm. instead of just instead instead of like a more complicated. Like a more painful thing to look at, which is like you know you need to look at your life, you need to look at your decisions you're making, and which yeah. is more often than not the the most, you know, what, what's what's it sort of like saying like Arkham's Razor or something like that? It's often something much more. Yeah, yeah. The the most obvious. Yeah. Thing is usually the most. Yeah, is usually the yeah. most obvious explanation is usually the correct one. Yeah. But oh, no, I I felt myself getting chills talking about those ghost stories. <laughs> that I know I started it kind of. So uh, yeah, 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 no, but that's um. I, I could go on talking about spooky doings. I've never yeah. seen anything, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I 
I, I love all that, particularly as we're going into the spooky season. We are. The, just, possibly just, just, the spookiest season yeah. of all now. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Autumn and coronavirus. You can't even hang out with your goth friends at the cemetery anymore. Do you ever do that? Um, no, I, I was never... Uh, the goth thing sort of passed over my school a bit. It's sort of... Yeah, we, we never had sort of a goth scene. We you weren't drinking cranberry and vodka and doing Ouija boards and Nah, never anything that fun. I'm not I haven't either to be fair. I mean I'm I'm blonde to start with, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd I, have to dye my hair. I always um, felt quite a bit too fat to be to be a goth. I I was um, I was a chubby <laughs> child. I'm I'm enjoying now I've started going running. Um I'm enjoying reef rediscovering my jawline that's quite fun but um no i was a real bit of a bit of a trouble oh, I, I was a fat baby oh yeah yeah, yeah I mean, like, everyone's like yeah but i was like a proper little sumo wrestler <laughs> <laughs> the best also like my mum let my hair grow out and i'd like genuinely look like a girl uh, yeah, yeah, and so uh, this is probably about two or whatever, and someone like went into it. Oh, what a pretty little girl! And she was like, "Right, well, I need to go take him to get a haircut." <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, yeah, I I've I've found like I don't I don't know how you found with with trying to keep fit during lockdown, but the start of lockdown, I gained so much fucking weight. Oh, and no and one it, maintained. Everyone went one way or another. Yeah, yeah. And I... Yeah, no one no one is the same... Sh- I ended up... I left lockdown the same shape as I went into it because I gained a fuck ton and then had to burn it off. And burnt quite a lot off. I felt really proud of myself. And then people were going like, oh, you, like you stayed about the same shape. It's like, fuck, I've gone through. <laughs> I finished couch to 5K... Yeah. Just so you can not think I'm any fatter than how I started. What, what is Couch to 5K? I've been seeing it uh, um, a fair bit. So it is quite a good... Um, I think it started an American thing, but uh, it's... The NHS have got an app for it. Where it's basically you... you It takes you from very little running experience to being able to run consistently for half an hour. Whether you're actually making 5K or not is... Mm-hmm. Probably not, but um, but it is basically so you, you start off with like you'll do a warm up walk and then you'll run for a minute, walk for three minutes, okay, and you do that on repeat for a bit, and then uh, the next week it'll be like you're running for a minute and a half, you're walking for two minutes, and it sort of then swaps. By the end of a nine week period, you. you're running consistently for half an hour. Oh, great. That's smart, um, I like that. It is, it's, I would 100% recommend if if you want to get into running, that is such a mm. nice way of doing it. Um, and and if you end up taking some time, like I, on a run, fell over and busted my knees. Oh. And at Cabot Circus, because Primark reopened and therefore there was a queue around the corner for fucking Primark. So that was fun. But, um, so that I had to take about a couple of weeks off. Then I was about to get back into it. I broke my toe. Oh like no! Idiot. How did you do that? Um, I was chasing after a potato. I was peeling a potato and it got away from me. So I was running after it. Going, get that potato. 
whack on the side of my foot. Which toe was it? Uh, the little one on my left foot. Oh, so shit. Such a dumb toe. You don't need that. You could have just like lopped it off and then I just know. Like, go, go running that day. Um, it was really like, I did that. I was like, I think I'm going to lose the nail. The nail mm. didn't come off, but it was like, I've got to get used to the idea of not having a toenail there for a while. Yeah, I almost lost a fingernail once. Um, <clears throat> that was completely my fault. I was doing some DIY, just like hitting a hammer into oh. a claw hammer. <clears throat> this got that part of my finger there. I so nearly broke it. I would have come so close. I was doing a gig that night as well. Oh, that's my neck hand no, as well. Actually, no, it was, it was that finger. And yeah, that was, I limped through that one. That was a. Still did it, but oh, oh, I was fair days. whimpering between songs like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I had like a, like a black spot like, of like, just, it would just eventually grew out. Yeah. But uh, I thought like that might fall off. Uh, yeah. You do have to get used to that idea and you have to get used to uh, that. I'm going to f- see what's on the other side of my mm, fingernail. Yeah, I'm going to uh, open up the Hurt Locker, have a nice look. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't, it's just, oh God. But luckily that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, but no, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that you're getting into getting into your running there. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm a big uh, advocate I'm, of, of it. I I think it's a great thing to be doing. Yeah, I'm. I'm on the. It's also during lockdown. It was f- gorgeous. It was absolute. Mm. You'd go out for a run. There was no one else there. Oh, I loved that. Like air was fresh as well. Yeah, and particularly at the start of lockdown, where it was like, and I was at the start of Couch to Five K, so I was out for half an hour. So I'd be like. I'm going to be out for half an hour having that half hour run. This is great. Half hour's exercise. No one else is about. There's no school rush. There's no commuter rush. There is nothing. And the city is mine. Mm. The sun's rising. It's a gorgeous summer's day. The city is mine. And I feel like I feel some ownership of it. And I'm going to figure out a new route. How do I get from Stokes Croft to Clifton Suspension Bridge? How do I get from... You know what? That's one of my favorite routes to do. It's absolute like where? What way do you do? You, do you go up past the um past the wine vaults? Kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that that sort of route. So um, yeah, lots of hills involved, and mm. yeah, um, the houses around there are really nice as well. So yeah, the, the, you kind of got those like Georgian houses on both rows. Yeah, you got to be careful with the pavements because they're kind of really like. Some of the some of the pavement ledges are uh, yeah. kind of like different lengths, but that's quite good because it kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit more because you're kind of having to like dart around these weird corners and stuff like that. It's quite quite yeah. fun. Um, it's I like getting lost as well. Yeah, I, definitely. I, I was going for about an hour and a half yesterday just because I got lost. I um, <laughs> so it's like okay, well I'm not stopping. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I I really like just straight line. Oh, I hate that. I mean, well, I just like I'm gonna do my best to run in a straight line. Oh, that okay, and yeah, no, no, oh yeah, an actual more, straight line yeah. would make me want to. I I used to <laughs> that in a dark place. I, I used to work in um the uh, the the kitchens in the MOD up in Filton. Oh, um, terrible job. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I I ran home from from there a few times, and it was like. You just run down Gloucester Road. Mm. It's a really interesting run because you go from really like far out suburbia. Yeah. Um, to what if we were in London that would be like zone five or six and yeah. you get into the city in about if you're running it's forty minutes. Yeah. And it's all downhill, it's gorgeous, it's great. Yeah. Um but 
Yeah, that's a really interesting. It's a really, it's really yeah. interesting run. When you like go going to different kinds of neighborhoods. Yeah, and you get to get the you get to read. You learn to read a neighborhood. You learn to like. Yeah. This is all Edwardian interwar architecture. This is all like post nineties sort of. You know, post nineties housing policy with like yeah, little there's estates, there's like modern and estates, of, and it's all yeah. yeah this is um sort of designed living. Yeah, uh, which is I I'm not really I don't like the atmosphere in those places. Just houses and houses, and then there'd be like just no, like nothing. Yeah, they I always find them. I don't really like them. I find them really freaky. Yeah, but I'm also sort of fascinated by the lack of the lack of a thing. Yeah, like it's just like living units. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it all and, feels really thought out and calculated. Yeah, and and in in a way that is trying to hark back to little villages as well. And it's sort mm. of this is, I don't get. I get what you've gone for, but you've made something cursed. It's kind of it's, sterile. Yeah, it's really. Um, yeah, I have a real problem problem with those places. Those new build like Barrett homes and stuff. They're very, very odd. Um, it's kind of like a cereal packet kind of family. Yeah. And it, it's built for a family unit or a work unit that may not exist <laughs> at the moment. Um, they're probably, you know, perfectly lovely to, to live in or perfectly lovely to, to grow up in. Yeah, if you listen to this and you live in one of those places, you know, good, we, good, good we, on you. Like, good on you. Good on you. Don't cancel us. Don't get mad at us. We're just <laughs> like, we can't. In five years, we're going to like settle down and we'll be like, yeah. Yeah, I. It, it, it <laughs> we'll we'll both be living one of them. Begging for one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Back into the pods for me. Yeah. Um, but it, it sort of, I like. I've always liked um, my. I've always liked reading architecture and reading a journey into a city. Like my, I, my, my dad used to take me. We, I grew up in Enfield. My dad used to take me into London most weekends. And it would be like this one train line. You see everything from like very far suburban to, you know, into Hackney and places that are sort of have a different history and a different sort of like mm. buzz about them into London fields. And you see the gentrifying and you see like Victorian architecture mixed metal and steel. And then into that bank middle of Liverpool Street into the city. And it's all sort of. 1980s and sort yeah. of weird harking back to to art deco and it's mm. very it's i've always liked trying to read from a from a house where am i where am i in relation to the city yeah it's yeah architecture it, says a lot doesn't it definitely and definitely when something's too new it's very off-putting you go to like a new town and it's if you see someone in a new pair of shoes yeah, like, I when I got like a pair of DMs like a year and a half ago, I had people when I wear them out, people would be like, "What? Why are they so shiny?" Yeah, yeah. Like I, I bought I just a right white oh, Doc right, Martins. Yeah. Oh, exhibit, um, exhibit A. Yeah, yeah. They are <laughs> Look at those. Out of the box. I literally I got home from work, um, got them out of the box, and uh, yeah, but there's it's still like, what are these gonna say? In a bit, they'll yeah. have a different character soon. Like uh, guitars, I love it when guitars get chipped. Like you'll mm. see that one on the left there. You can see how chipped it is around, yeah, the, around yeah. the edges, and so that's just 
from go, being taken in and out of gig but, uh, gig cases, going into bars and being, that's been used. Yeah. You know, and you can see on the acoustic there, there's like chipping around the sound hole from like, that's from plectrum work and mm. stuff like that. I like that sort of stuff because it's all real. Yeah. And it's all done from experience and a fair bit of clumsiness. <laughs> as well. That's always, yeah, that's always <laughs> worth pointing out. Um, I remember like, I, I, uh, I got, when I was little, I had a jacket that I really liked and I fell over. I scuffed it up and I was really upset. And my dad went, no, that's fine. It's character. Yeah. That's real. There's characterful. And I've sort of, a lot of my clothes are worn as shit and mm. I've got whole gnarly holes or some, like my favorite trousers are really paint splattered. <laughs> and people are like, get new ones. It's like, nah, these, these are mine. Yeah. These are, got like history and also it gets to the point where it's like well I can just fuck them up more and I don't care yeah I can clean a paintbrush on them or like having a leather jacket for a good couple of years is good yeah yeah they start to get a little yeah. roughed up and a bit gnarly and a bit sort of like yeah what's that scene yeah yeah exactly yeah like I've got an old leather jacket that I got when I was 19 which I've like hung up in the hall because it's you know, it was just falling apart and I just looked yeah. ridiculous um, like the whole lining on the inside was just basically hanging off and but yeah, like, yeah. I'd slept in that thing it's got beer and Guinness and blood on it and you know I yeah can, yeah yeah <laughs> I've had got... it, I was bought religiously from when I was about 19 till about 25 I've got like my first <laughs> pair of Doc Martens are gnarly all <laughs> fucked up they do not work as shoes anymore the, the soles are like flapping open They've got like cuts on the side from just being creased, and it's like, yeah, but but I bullet holes. And... Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> they're really fucking absolutely falling apart. But it's like, but I, I look, I I can tell you the gigs I went to in these. Yeah, I can tell you the the that I did my my first stand up set wearing these. Uh, I, yeah, I yeah. went on these marches. I I met, you know, these people. They were, you know, they were here at my friend's birthday party. They were here when, you know, they were here at first kisses. They were on first yeah. dates. And it's like, I can't get rid of them. They are fucked. Mm. I will never wear them again because they are entirely fucked. But. Yeah. Mine. And so about shoes, because they like shoes kind of like learn your feet in a way. Like, you know, you wear them in. Mm. Uh, so they kind of like, in a way, they kind of like suddenly kind of like fit your yeah, yeah, definitely. Feet. Like, have you ever worn anyone else's shoes? If you're just like running out to like get someone from the car or something, you just want to put someone on your feet. Yeah, you throw someone else's shoes on just as a not, 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 not as like too much of a choice. I know how weird that sounded. Yeah, yeah. But, um, um, I'm, like you'll yeah. Really, it just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel wearing someone else's clothes in general. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, yeah, because there's things like scent and musk. I mean, like I, I get all my clothes at charity shops pretty much because I just yeah. hate buying stuff retail. Cause, and, <laughs> but it just costs like two quid and it'd be like 20 quid new. Yeah. And it's like, uh, well, yeah, okay. But with, with charity shop stuff, as long as... It it's, all gets washed and it ironed. It gets washed and ironed. After a while, it stops smelling like charity shop. It starts smelling like you. And yeah. It's, it's fine. Um, Go on and run in it and then it's like, yeah, it's it's mine now. Yeah, it's mine. <laughs> that's, that's learned who its master is. Yeah, I've broken it in like a wild horse. <laughs> <laughs> but like... I I I very much like character. Just I I want things that are characterful more than yeah. Christine a cookie cutter. 
Obviously, yeah. there is some stuff that I don't want yeah. to be fucked. Like, something that I want to use as a tool, I don't want it to be... Yeah. For me, it's shoes, socks, and boxes. They need to be new. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Everything else, I don't really, really mind. Yeah. Um, anything Musical that's... Musical like... equipment, I love buying it secondhand. Um, yeah, yeah. This new interface, secondhand. Um, all those guitars are new, but whatever. But, um, yeah, no, I love it. I'm kind of like... Anything that I need to use as a tool, I would ideally have that new. Mm. Like paintbrushes, that obviously... Oh, yeah, paintbrushes. New, <laughs> yeah. But like Toothbrushes as well. Yeah, yeah. Anything that's a brush. <laughs> I can't think of a brush that you want secondhand. Mm. No, I can't either. Right in at the Simon Campbell incident. <laughs> you, you can think of a brush that... <laughs> Surprise us! I quite like that you've picked the incident as, as your as, as the the Monaco. It's like, like was it an experience? No, nah, it's well, incident, uh, my, wasn't it? My first thought was the Simon Campbell experience. Well, you know, obviously Joe's a massive influence of me doing a podcast. That'd be too obvious a a call out. I mean, yeah, and like although like he he named it after Jimi Hendrix experience. And yeah, I'm a I fucking love Jimi Hendrix. He's one of my favorite, favorite guitar players. I think you're. I think. You're, Oh right, okay. That that's done. That's okay. We that's go. fine. So yeah, just the camera just stopped there. All right. Well, yeah. Okay, it's world storage full. So cool. Whatever. <laughs> um, we still got plenty of audio time though. And, awesome. Uh, Fantastic. That's the audio is the main medium. How, how how are you doing for time? Uh, no, I'm absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Awesome. Um. So yeah. No, just saying. A uh, absolute massive Jimi Hendrix nut. Um. So yeah. But um. Yeah, so it would have made sense for me to call it the Simon Campbell experience, but it would have been too close to the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah. And I do model this podcast quite strongly on Joe Rogan. Uh, I, I make no bones about it. There's no nothing wrong with having your influences and, oh, and, no, and whatever. I, but I, yeah, so I just looked up, I just typed in like online thesaurus for in, uh, for experience. Incident. And incident it's popped great. up. It's... And I really thought, yeah, okay. It's, a very, it's very much a more British sort of... Um, the incident. Yeah, well, what is it? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? There's a certain amount of intrigue. Like, did you hear about the incident? Yeah. Like, what are we it's... talking about? What's happened? Has someone shot themselves? Or yeah. Someone died. <laughs> or did, did an orgy happen? Like, what happened? <laughs> I um. I love how those are the three things that I just went to when I when you think of incident. <laughs> I love it. I love the incident. The incident. It's, yeah. it's never a good incident, is it? It's never. It's never like. Well, the, my experience of podcasting has been overwhelmingly positive so far. I know, no, that, that, that's the thing. That, and that's a sort of like a, another very British thing of like, we're going to downplay this. Mm. Like Joe Rogan is, it's the experience. You're going to listen to this. You well, know, that's like, America. He's American as fuck. He's whoa, that, man. He's, there, he's all muscled up. He looks amazing for a dude that's 52, 53. He's got an American flag behind him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's interviewing Elon Musk. It's fucking awesome. It's he's loud. America it's and, and the, the British yeah, we, can't I be, we, can't, we can't be that gauche. Yeah, good, good God, he's bloody upstarts. Will, you, will I experience this? Well, I kind of promise that. Yeah, it, it will happen, though. It was an experience. I don't know. It sounds, sounds raunchy. <laughs> Cover up those piano legs, darling. There was um, <laughs> someone on, on... There was a couple of delightfully naive posts on like one of the Facebook comedy forums I saw today. One of them was uh, someone going, I, I'm doing a, I'm writing a joke. Do you guys in Britain have Twister? Is that a thing? Uh, right back at Twister, is it a game? Is it fun? No! 
<laughs> oh, I feel so bad for that guy writing that comment. I mean, like enough people have said, yes, we do. It's, uh, but hey, social distancing, maybe not right now. Ha ha. Yeah. Um, there was another post on it, which was um, Jonathan Ross has got a new comedy show on TV. Okay. Yeah, Jordan Brooks on, fantastic comedian. It's a very odd setup because Jonathan Ross is on stage having a quiet drink in the corner. <laughs> well, like. Comedians are doing their thing and are having to acknowledge that Jonathan Ross is on stage <laughs> in the corner and the audience are really spaced out. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, but uh, someone comment, someone posted going, hey, and this is like a comedy page that is used by predominantly open micers, occasionally like professional comedians who are looking to headline a show or... or do a tryout night or whatever. So we get, hey, do you know um, who to get in touch for, in touch with to get booked on Jonathan Ross's show? I've been going for, I'm going for a few months and I think I've really got something going for me. It's like, oh, babe, oh. that's lovely. Oh, that no. is, that is, that that is also entirely the right attitude to yeah. have is, I don't understand this. I'm going to shoot for the, shoot for a big thing. Mm. Because you've got to uh, you've got to ask and you've got to be tenacious. You just have yeah. to learn to ask and be tenacious around the right. People. You need to find out like what like the next rung in the ladder. Yeah, and is and the downside with comedy and I don't know how it is with music, but I can guess it's pretty similar. Is no one tells you, no one tells you the career path. No one tells you you do this, you do this. Here's how here's the cheat code to get to the next bit you are expected to figure that out by yourself. And that's tough. That's it is. And I think the reason why is, well, for music anyways, that's the only thing I can attest to, is everyone's career is very unique to them. Mm. And, and so it's not quite clear what your next step's got to be. I think, like, try and get... I think it's kind of like really important to, like, set, like, an achievable goal. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, set, like, a massive goal, like, where you want your career to be if you're given the choice. And then f- try and find ways, like... To yeah. Find, uh, what, and try and find, like, tangible things, say, like, something you could do today, something, something you could do by next week, something you could do by next month. Yes. Build it up that way. And so important, I wish I knew this when I was younger, which is define your success. Absolutely. people talk about making it, making it big, breaking it, breaking America... You know, what does uh, that mean? Being does a mean, legend, does it mean being a rock star, and and all this? It's like, well, what does do it mean? You supporting mean? yourself and a family, because yeah, that's what I would like. Yeah, I'd like to feel. I'd like to do something that I have control over and support myself yeah. and other people that I need to support. Yeah. Um. Every I, I I do a thing. I don't know if you do a similar thing. Every time I get a setback, and I'm told no. I will raise the stakes for, like, I'll go, okay, so, like, the last summer I, I, I auditioned for drama school. Uh, don't fuck, I didn't get it, because uh, this has all happened. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of going again and, and widening my scope, but I got rejected. It's my first year applying. That's what happens. It was just for, an, like, a one-year MA thing, so it's like, and I'm, it's a, ho- it's a horrible thing to say, but I'm a bloke. 
So the body clock is not an issue in the same way that it is with women who are trying to get into acting. Because it would be like, oh, you look over 25, no work for you until your mum, until we can cast you as mum. It's horrible. With, with men, it's like, oh, well, you are a default. Of course we can cast you in this. It's a, it's a white guy. Really? All the parts are, are white Bro, guy parts. I am so glad I never got into acting. It's... It makes music look nice and sane. It is and a reasonable. thing. It is a thing that I learn is you Ooh. will. Ha- I, I want to get trained up, but I also want to make my own work because I know that I will otherwise end up waiting by the phone up until I get the right thing. The right thing might not arrive, so make your own right thing. Yeah, I'm a big fan of building your own shit. Absolutely, yes. So for me, it's my guitar teaching this podcast and the band that I, that I play in. Like, and I have like really. Yeah, good level of control over all three of those because I've played in bands where I've not really had control and I've been at the mercy of other people and all of a sudden it just takes one member to 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 go AWOL or whatever to say something that it's just you just can't let slide or whatever and then it's like oh I put all my faith and trust into this and now it's it, and now it's blown up now and now, it's, I, now it's done yeah. uh, it happens and, it happens all you know or you get fired from bands it's happened to me before and I'm really glad that it hurt a lot of the time but I'm really glad it happens because yeah, sometimes you're not the right fit. Because and, and, and it makes you realize I wouldn't have. And sometimes got... they're not the right fit for you. Yeah, exactly. And I would not be. In, I'm in a great situation right now because I'm. I'm feeling like every day I'm building this, building mm. these things a little bit taller, and I feel like I'm getting closer and closer and closer to yeah, turning yeah. these things into viable. Yeah, and pursuits. And it, it it is a thing. It's tough at the moment, but if if income is your parameter for success there are ways of doing that it's a long road sometimes Mm -hmm. and sometimes it will veer off into a path that you don't expect it and sometimes there are blockers that aren't in your control and you have to wait for them to dissipate or you have to find a way around them yeah the road to yes is full of very full of a lot of yo of a lot of no's Mm -hmm. and i i would like out of spite raise what i'm gonna do so it'd be like, I got rejected from uh, from a drama school. Like, well, fine. I'm going to win a BAFTA. I got rejected from another. Like, fuck you. It's an Oscar now. <laughs> yeah. Why not? And it's like, yeah, yeah. And and I'm looking, looking at it. Could I do those? I don't fucking know. Yeah. But if I do, that would be great. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be part of like the, well, they rejected me. And then I became... Yeah. A, I don't know that any of that will happen. If I if I graduate from drama school, get any acting work, great. Mm. If I... If, if it does anything for my career, great. If not, I am going to make my own shit until other people hire me to be in theirs. Yeah, man. And that's worked for a lot of people. Yeah. And it, it, it makes for... It can make for... A happier artist or a more, mm. um, an int- a more interesting artist. Mm. Like I've met 
actors who go, well, I'm not a creative. It's like, well, you are. You have to create a character. You you aren't just following orders. You are doing the work of creating. You're putting your own inflection, your own stamp, your own thumbprint. Yeah, yeah. There. And, and even if you think you are just doing what the text is telling you, you're not. You are, in the back of your head, making a hundred different calculations and assumptions that leads you to what you think is the obvious path. But it's not. Yeah. And it's the obvious path to you is alien to someone else. Yeah. It's and it's it's always interesting talking to to actors who don't want to do stand up, and they're like, "Well, I can't do that." So you are doing all the constituent parts of this, mm. other than, but you are hiding behind something. You're hiding behind the character. You're hiding behind if the play's a piece of shit, it's not your fault. It's the director. It's the writer. It's a scary step to go. I am responsible now for what happens in the ne- in this next bit, mm. even though. Sometimes you can hide behind someone else and go, well, the MC didn't do their job and they didn't warm people up. Oh, the crowd was bad. Oh, there was a lot of traffic, so people were in a bad mood. Oh, did you see the news? Of course, they weren't going to laugh. Yeah. But there's a lot more like respons- responsibility on you. And I, get, I assume it's but, the same uh, with but the band. Like, I guess when it goes well, then it's like you take full credit for it. As well. Oh, entirely. So the stakes and- are higher. And even though in the back of your head you're like, well, I only succeeded because I know that before me, Jesse Nixon went on and smashed it. I know that Jesse Johnson, who was emceeing, did a fantastic job. I know that um, that they were here because it was advertised that Steve Goldsmith was headlining. And I was in the middle of all of this. So, of, so I was here because everyone else did their bit and actually this is more of an ensemble than than what you want to believe but there and then you don't really think that you're yeah. like I am excellent <laughs> this is because of an innate trait in me which is excellence well it, it won't be innate though you would have had to work really hard on it though and... you, yeah you, you do and you, you learn because you do stuff that work one night and it doesn't the next and you think well this is how did this not work? Mm. This this is I I should have smashed this. What went wrong? Yeah. You go and you do your favorite gig and it goes badly and you think, well, what do I need to make sure I do for the next time? Mm. Yeah, constantly analyzing and being so self aware, but also losing yourself aware. But like being so self aware, but still being willing to fail mm. as well, and that's. Uh, that's and a big thing. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly see the stakes a lot higher in comedy than than music because I don't know. But um, you know what? I've I've never tried stand up, and uh, I don't think I ever should because I'm not nowhere near as funny as I <laughs> I'd fucking think. I'd recommend it. I'd recommend as a even if it's just as a as a experiment of writing or of doing something as another creative. I would entirely recommend giving it a go because at the end of the day, you can do it once, not like it and. Don't have to come back. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a mutual feeling with the audience as well. <laughs> you don't know. It might be yeah. actually like, yeah, you might have. I have been tempted. Not gonna lie, that um... I I didn't think I was a stand-up comedian until I did stand-up comedy. When did you first? So how long have you been doing? Um, I know this is supposed to be an interview. And I've asked you like nothing about yourself. No, no, no. That's past, nice. so <laughs> let's do a little bit of that. <laughs> so I uh, I was studying drama and theatre studies at Aberystwyth University. Um, and I was doing a module, my final module was in solo performance, 
and they said you can do whatever you want just as long as it's it's you as a solo performer you don't even need to be on stage you could actually but have a thing that has, doesn't really have you all that much in it you could make a scenescape whatever and some people in my class did incredible things there was some amazing dance work that went on there was some incredible physical theatre there was a guy who did an amazing thing with loop pedals um and there was someone who did um like an interactive gallery along the seafront really some really incredible stuff um i loved i i'd gotten really into stand up through uh, Stuart Lee's comedy vehicle um so I decided, well, I, I want to give stand-up a go. And also, I was there going, I'm watching Live at the Apollo. These guys aren't very good. Yeah, Michael McIntyre, more like, you suck. Uh, <laughs> well, you really had the natural stand. Yeah, you? I was like, oh, with lines like this, I'm going to smash it. Um, and then, uh, so I went to the tutor and went, can I do this? And get graded. And she went, well, yeah, but it needs to work as a, as a performance it needs to be coherent so I, I i uh my first gig instead of being like a five minute open spot was a 40 minute solo show um looking back at that 40 minutes there's a good two minutes in it like <laughs> but I, it went well it was what they were after it was an audience full of my friends so i felt like a god i was like i am a natural at this yeah i'm actually a genius um, I'm not gonna even touch the open mic circuit. I'm just gonna go straight into theatre festivals and start writing emails to Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Just like, can someone get on the phone to Jonathan Ross? And <laughs> <laughs> like, I was going, I was, I was watching comedy, going up to the club runners, going, could you book me? And they're going, well, how many gigs have you done? Twelve. There's not a hundred after that. Okay, no. Yeah. Um. So I was like doing I, I, I spent the summer after that doing tours of uh, theatre festivals and it's fine they're not comedy audiences they're theatre goers and then it was like the theatre festival season ended so I went well I still want to do this so I booked myself in for open mics and booked myself in for um yeah, like uh, the Cavendish Arms Comedy Virgins or Funny Feckers in Camden. Um, and then got there and went, okay, I'm not an innate genius at this. People have to work. And the people who I were going, these guys are bad. No, it's solid. It's 100% more solid writing than the stuff I'm peddling out about um yeah i think my first like open mic set had an extended like impression bit about like a scottish family in a souvenir shop and it's like very bad it's very bad it was a lot yeah. good things with uh, impersonations i mean you're great at them your donald trump is fucking terrifying oh thank you very much man. um I wanted to talk about that a little bit but like yeah when impersonation when someone says i'm about to do an impersonation you think oh god yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Because right, if it if it's like a if it's like a particular like a long bit and it's not maybe the impersonation is not so good or maybe the joke's not that funny, it's kind of like because you're really putting yourself out there because you're putting on a voice and you're doing this whole journey. 
and it's some something that I I do like the the only thing that I've held on to like I'm better than this or not even I'm better than this but this is bad is is satirical radio four comedy yeah I, I've seen some of your like satires of the satire which, which I, really like. I <laughs> detest I detest, yeah and. I, I, do I can't, not blame I can't anyone stand who, Mark I, the Week or anything like that. I just I I, I don't I blame just, anyone who gets a writing gig for it. Oh, good fuck, on you. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of the time they're not going. Yeah, this is going to bring down the bloody Tories. You know what? Let's have a swipe at Labour when we're at. No one's yeah. doing that. They're going. Oh, um, Mark Watson has asked me to write this for for scenes we like to see, or someone's asked me to do this. They want me as a staff writer. Good. Put food on the table. And if you can write something fun while you're doing it, great. If you can write something that you think's fun, great. Do that. Get get yourself fed. Mm-hmm. And get yourself fed doing something that you want to do. Because a lot, lot of those writers will go up to be comedians, stand-up comedians in their own... Yeah, life. yeah, they'll be... that. Some of them will be stand-up comedians who are writing for other stand-up comedians because they've got three and hours then they'll, to And then they'll start doing their own material yeah, as yeah, well. The, like the, people like Ali Wong... Uh, come to mind. I think she yeah. did stuff like maybe Michelle Wolf. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 a lot, a lot of the stand-ups I follow are American. You have to forget. That's me. right. No, no, no <laughs> absolutely. Like uh, um, Morgan Reese is a Bristol-based. Uh, he's he's was telling me about stuff he's written for for Mock the Week or for you know comedians have asked him. I'm going on Mock the Week. Can you write some some jokes about this subject? And he's like, oh, okay. And he write it like twenty, and they're all kind of like. It needs to hit these notes because you can't have a long rant because it has to be like someone can butt in with this, then someone butts in with something else, someone butts in, and they edit this three hours of this, which sounds like hell, into 30 minutes of uh, Frankie, Hugh, and Andy, what are you going to do? I, but like, I used to, growing up, used to love radio for satire comedies. I used to love things like Dead Ringers. Yeah. I was going to bring that up actually because, yeah. Nine times out of ten, the impressions are great. Yeah, Jan Raven's fantastic, really spookily good one of Theresa May. Uh, John Coleshaw, fantastic, Mm. very talented impressionist. The some of the other people they got amazing. The I love right. when they were doing like prank calls and you like pretend to be like Maximus from Gladiator. Yeah. Like, or, or, Maximus Decimus Morelius. And yeah. just like, it's just some poor guy in a call centre. Some <laughs> poor guy with someone going to be Tom Baker going, yes, I want to get the trade to Wales. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. But then it, it, I don't know what's ha- what, whether it whether it was always thus or whether we hit a certain point and 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 the BBC shied away from stuff. Mm. But satire have just got to like, nah, what are you going to do? Boris Johnson, he's a lot of fun. Tories. More like snorries, am I right? Yeah. Labour, what a bunch of jokers. Ah, and, oh, Diane Abbott can't count. That Satire became that and then it'd be like, there'd be a terrible pun that they're bending over backwards to get to. Yeah. And I thought, well, I, did, I, I understand why you've gotten here, but I hate this. Yeah. So what? It's very cold play, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's very like we're try, We're not trying to step on anyone's toes. We want. And, we want. Yeah. People on the left to be like, 
<laughs> yeah. People on the right to be like, <laughs> yeah. And people in the centre to be very happy indeed. Yeah. But you you end up with... You end up just polarising people going, this is genius, to people going, this is dog shit. Yeah. And it's really... Like, trying to please everyone just polarises everyone uh, in terms yeah, of yeah, quality. Yeah, yeah. Because it is... Very possible to have a swipe at the left and a swipe at the right and have yeah. it be quality, but they 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 don't, and yeah. you end up with something that is, um, bad, and you end up with something that's sort of like. So I, I do a bit where I'll do an impression of Boris Johnson, but I'll go like, I fucking hate Boris. I hate him so much. I hate what they're doing to this country. And I'll try and do an impression of just like interrupt it with like, uh, like I'll, I'll be doing Boris Johnson bits like, blah, blah. I fucking cannot stand the con. I'm so sorry that I've got to do this. That's all right. <laughs> but, and it will be like, um, the, the Donald Trump bit that I do is, is, is that, I know that if I'm in Bristol or a lot of places, they know that I, I'm going to hate Donald Trump. I'm there in a sparkly dress. Yeah. Uh, in, you know, I'm not going to be a surprising... You're not going to be shouting, build, build a wall or... No, I'm not going to be the surprising right-wing comedian. I'm going to be as yeah. obvious as I, uh, as I appear. And then I will be there... You know, and, and I, I, I will say, like, look, I don't have a political point to make this. Mm. I think he's a twat. I just thought it'd be fun to hear him do the last monologue from Blade Runner. Yeah. Because yeah, what I realised... <laughs> what I realised that I really like is... I'm really burpy today. I'm really sorry. That's right. But um, I, I realised that what I really like is um, what Bill Bailey will do or Simon Munnery will do is they'll go, I'm going to do this. And then they do an incredibly realised version of that. Bill Bailey will be like, here's um, his uh, Bangra version of Radiohead. And he'll do Bangra Radiohead. You're like, that's yeah. entirely that. Simon Munnery has an incredible bit where he goes, here's Churchill's diaries from the day that he got head lice. And he does an incredible, like, Churchill going, soon their line will recede and then they'll be stranded. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say what you're going to do, you do it, and that's great. Yeah. It's so, like, and, and, and that's part of what I really like doing with doing dumb impressions. Mm. Me and David Hall will talk about, we're, the, we're two com- comedians, and I love David Hall's work, I think he's fantastic. And we'll talk about, like, we're two comedians who have got so many undue applause breaks. Because we were just like, here's the thing, we've done that, and the audience <laughs> out of response kind of like, it doesn't need that someone you know someone else has come on and 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 been incredibly funny using just words i've had to i'm a coward and i've done here's a silly skill and everyone's going like uh three applause breaks for tonight the other comedians are going you didn't earn that you fuck and i'm like "Mm, rounds on me i think i it is mm. a absolutely fantastic cheat code, mm. and it is like I I'm I'm not very good with like build up payoff 
punchline. I'm not very good at callbacks. I find sometimes structure could be a bit fiddly. But what I'm very good at is, here's some dumb shit. I'm going to explain what the dumb shit is. I'm going to do the dumb shit and you're going to go, oh, I really was that dumb shit. <laughs> well, um, it's kind of like, because it's quite like a big sort of like, jump that you've like kind of set yourself like Donald Trump doing a monologue to Blade Runner yeah. or Bill Bailey doing something like strange musically that like yeah. when these two things go and people think can you actually pull that off and then they do and they do and they um, hear, oh this sounds like Bill Bailey oh this sounds like Portishead. head yeah. but it's the laughing policeman yeah it's, yeah yeah exactly yeah, so yeah th- there's that element to it as well yeah I yeah um, <clears throat> I loved your thing of um, doing an impression of Theresa May so like starting off as Margaret Thatcher and then, and then the way you yeah, transition yeah. it and it and like like that sort of level of like vocal control like when you're under pressure is really it, do, I, do you have like coaching for that or is no, that, that, that just something from your like your background in theatre? So it it comes from listening to an element of the voice. So okay. Theresa May, it was an element of her physicality where she's very hunched over and very like embarrassed to be there. And like the then, vibrato as well. And and she had the vibrato. Yeah. They've they've clearly gone for like the airy thatchiness. Yeah. And but she she doesn't have the vocal range. Mm. And that meant that it had a strange twang yeah. in it that would go up. And that is terrifying, mate. <laughs> it, 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 it's the, and the thing with Boris Johnson is well, the like, thing is that, that sorry sorry to jump in. Uh, like, no, what what I really liked about that is like I you kind of works as I know you're saying you don't like satire jokes it kind of works particularly as well as shooting for Thatcher and failing and failing yeah yeah and it's like oh god that's like kind of like it's a brutal but uh, but quite arguably succinct way of describing her someone's voice voice will sometimes explain (laughs) something about their personality so if if someone Mm. um, someone is very slow and controlled it tells you that they are slow and in control and it's like uh, a really good example of that is Jeremy Irons in the film Margin Call fantastic film in which he, he it's like set around the Lehman Brothers collapse and it's sort of like I don't know if it is definitely Lehman Brothers but it's like an uh, a, a alternative to Lehman Brothers and it's like the start of the 2008 recession Jeremy Irons is the CEO he arrives on an airplane he doesn't raise his voice. He's quite monotone. And he's very calm. It tells you everything you need to know about that character while they're saying, we have lost this amount of money. This big recession is coming. And he's very calm and very kind of smiley. And it tells you what you need to know about it. Uh... You know, um, the other end of it is like Boris Johnson. It tells you how short-termist he is that when he's talking, every word is its own sentence. A He's very sort of no no long term strategy. Every um, mm. every every word ends is staccato. It's similar with with Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it's kind of like he's scared that people are going to stop listening. Yeah, um, it shows like insecurity if you're trying to really emphasize. Yeah, look, it look how fun I am. Look how yeah uh, in the moment. Ah, who knows what I'm going to do with the next sentence because no one knows how this word's going to end. Mm. Um, and yeah, you, you find out a lot about people through their voice mm. and a lot about, um, yeah, a lot about 
how will they see themselves and also what they're battling through and yeah. what they you know with a politician their vocal training how how much are they working against their vocal training how much is their yeah. vocal training working with you know, David Cameron very plummy very trippingly off the tongue born to rule that's his sort of that's his birthright in his head is just sort of um, just very natural to him yeah but then, you know, uh, perhaps someone like Jeremy Corbyn, not 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 a you know not a natural leader, very sort no. of when when he's when he's talking relaxed, he's very relaxed, very sitting back in his chair, looking down his glasses, and yeah, not really raising his voice. He's kind of more. He's you sort of sort of expecting to be more of like an ideas man behind the scenes. Yeah, he w- and and when you listen to like interviews with that wing of the Labour Party, it was like, well, it, it was never, when we were, we, you know, him, John McDonald, Diane Abbott, they would all stand for leader and sort of like, because they wanted to expand the debate, they mm. never thought that they would get to being a leader, least of all Jeremy Corbyn. He mm. kind of said, well, look, shall I put myself forward to like the meeting of the, the socialist campaign group? And they were like, no, you're not a leader. And that yeah. kind of did him quite, that did him quite well. And that kind of surprised People quite I think well. in the last five years we've people have really come to like wild cards. Yeah, and like that, some anything like off the straight and narrow that is from like, like a David Cameron or a Hillary Clinton or a, Theresa May. This well, is, Theresa May wasn't really seen as a leader. She was kind of seen as just like more of like a. Well, a, a, I don't know. She well, she was sort of when she first became prime minister, she was massively popular and massively yeah. like a kind of because she wasn't showy. She or... wasn't show, and but the press were like, they were calling it blue murder, tanks on Labour's lawn, crush the saboteurs. You see, like the Daily Mail. Oh yeah, crush the saboteurs. The, that's an interesting. The steel of the Iron Lady, and it's like they were really painting her as it, it's like only Thatcher. after two thousand seventeen and she lost her majority that it was like mm. this woman is. Dog shit. It's and like, well, like, yeah, that, that's what everyone's been telling you all, all along. Yeah. She not was, not turning up to debates. Although Johnson did the same thing and got a majority. Uh, yeah. So. And, but again, the, the, the unfortunate political genius of the Johnson campaign was to have one of the most establishment figures in the UK from a very establishment family be seen as the anti-establishment outsider. Despite the fact he'd been prime minister for the best part of a year. Yeah. It was... It, it was a, a horrendous act of, of of cleverness by his campaign. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've never been a fan of the Conservative Party, but I mean, they do. you do get the feeling like in terms of like how they do their campaigns and how they work behind the scenes, they have just, they're just more... just That just seems to be a lot more coldly pragmatic. So yeah. like that coalition between like the Conservatives and the Lib Dems yeah. at the start of the decade. It just felt like... Now, I'm not the most informed dude, politically speaking, yeah. at all, really. Like, um, I, I don't really... I'm not really too mad to any ideology or anything like that. I'm kind of centrist, leaning to, m- towards left on most things. You know, yeah, yes, yeah, but... Uh, you know, but um, anyways, uh, you kind of got the feeling, like, with Nick Clegg and David Camden... The, the Lib Dems were just getting sidelined on every little thing they were trying to do, like, um, you know, lowering student 
fees. Yeah. Uh, that didn't work. Be, and and the they referendum were, on proportional representation that got destroyed they, by they getting, the Tories. And they were getting bought off with very wonky policies. They were getting yeah. bought off with like, well, five p trials for plastic bags. You can have that. We'll institute, you know, sweeping austerity, and we'll do all this, but. Got these plastic bags. Oh, you got. We had a referendum on a different thing, but on on a different voting system that but you. That went like, how but... you wanted, didn't it, Libs? Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, and then I think it. I I don't. I I'm not massive into like the idea of national character. I find that a little icky. But I I don't think that the the default of the United Kingdom electorally is is Tory. That is this sort of like, but I don't think that that's the default of people. When you meet people, people are actually quite communities community community yeah. minded. People care about the people that they know. People are quite open and caring, and yeah. it's not a very Tory thing. And it, it it's particularly not the current iteration of the Tories. Yeah. And it, it's it's it says a lot about their. I will say political you, genius you, that you, they you can still themselves. be. Sorry, sorry, James. Oh no, you can of course be. Yeah. Um, you can of course be very kind-hearted, lovely, and warm, and vote Tory, and be a member of the Tory party. Mm. But you also the, the 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 policies of the Tory party in its current form since since sort of two thousand and ten are kind of at odds with with perhaps people. Hmm. And uh, you know, and and people will look at sort of what's happened with an increase of homelessness, and you know the 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 housing crisis, and they'll be like, "This is terrible," hmm. and it's an act of political genius that they will say this and then go then yeah and vote Tory, and it isn't it is it it, it is no one's fault other than. Other than the salespeople of politics, mm. and you know, also the alternative for not for not making its claim and not say and not making its claim better, and not reaching out. And I think, I think, yeah, reaching out is incredibly important, and mm. it's not something that it's not something that the that the left is very good at at the moment. No, I, I I'd be inclined to agree with you on that. I feel like. Uh... I feel like the Remain campaign was really bad. The the Remain campaign was very bad, and the the continuity Remain, yeah. I think, did just there seems to be like a lack of discussion on on anything that that, that, and, that people thinking about voting leave. Uh, like as soon as you think, okay, maybe maybe you could you know control immigration. There's nothing really too wrong with saying that. As it's so, as in, like, oh, as in, it's a debate that it's it's, it's an uh, issue that's worth debating. Yeah, it is. It's an issue that you know, it's there's also, nothing inherently wrong with that. But then just saying, oh, you want to talk about immigration? What are you racist? That was just seems to be yeah. the sort of thing. It's like, well, actually, if you if insult you, people, but also if you then, listen to these, if you listen to people when they they have anxieties about immigration, you might be able to hear them and go, actually, I don't think your anxiety is on immigration. I think your anxiety is on something else, and. Labour in two thousand seventeen did quite well at that. There were there was a swing from UKIP to Labour, and that wasn't because they were being UKIP. They were they weren't having sort of a racist foreign policy, a racist home home policy. Yeah, they listened to people and they reassured them of of what they could 
what they how their lives could be bettered by um not not Nigel Farage but something that's reaching out and it was something that was entirely lost by mm. 2019 and that was part of like being wound up in in backdoor political shenanigans and it was also part of sort of maybe shifting the Brexit policy was bad or at least too late um and it's sort of I'm quite negative in terms of the next 10 years I don't think the next 10 years are going to be particularly easy to live through I think in the long run things are thing the the way that society and the way the technology is, is going we're going to have more tools to for people to as you say about music mm-hmm. make it themselves make improve their communities themselves rely less on politicians to do it and and figure out your own collective action um i and we're seeing things like that have cropped up in like in america we had the capitol hill autonomous zone which was a community going enough we're in control now Mm. it got shut down because of course it got shut down because it's yeah. Trump's America you can't be having an autonomous zone well I mean um, what happened with that Chaz thing sounds absolutely bonkers I know we're talking about different things but no no that was the, the oh, Capitol Hill that was Capitol Chaz Hill. Yeah. yeah but that was nuts wasn't it they were like beating people up and it you know, was yeah they're like, they like building they're like building a wall around it which they were like becoming the exact same thing that they were it was they were hating right it, it was very like very fractured and very sort of but it was stretch. It was stretch. It was like stretching a muscle that's not been used for quite some time. Yeah. And hopefully, if they can assert what went wrong, how can we do better? Yeah. Because that's what that's that's the history of 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 the struggle. Mm. They don't call it the struggle for nothing. Yeah. It's the struggle to improve improve things. You have full starts. You have. Things that go wrong, you have things yeah. that um, I don't. I, things uh, you need to learn from. We we might disagree over this a little bit, but I don't think that like marching in and taking over a zone by force is and because because people would live there. There are businesses there that haven't re- that aren't really doing anything to hurt anyone and taking it over by force and yeah and, 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 it, and imposing your own sort of martial like martial law. Yeah, I, like, it, I, I, it have, is, I have I have issues with with that. Even though, like, to, I'm sure there's some of the uh, ideas I might have some sympathy for. I'm not up for just people just taking over. Yeah. You know? Um, I, but I, you know what? I'm not too well informed on it. Um, again, I guess similar with with, mm-hmm. with, with the Chaz, I, I do want to read up more on it. And I think... Um, I think it was, it's a bit of a, a a failed experiment. And I think you, you're right that there is sort of a thing of like how much it, you, you need consent before you before you change. Um, but what happens after that, hopefully learns from that. Mm. And, you know, what 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 came after uh, the student marches and the Occupy protests? learns from that and mm-hmm. you have like you know the the occupy protests a few years ago a few years later people who are involved in that end up in the the bernie campaign or the warren campaign or the the corbyn campaign and then that fails and then hopefully a few years from now you have something that learns from that mm. and again next 10 years i think 
might be grim because I think we have the last roars of of a old dying um kind of wing of conservatism mm. and demographically it is something that is dying out you tend it tends to be like older voters who will vote for it mm-hmm. um demographically younger people working people are more progressive um but for the next at least 10 years it is going to be grim and we're going to be lumbered with a lot of horrible stuff so the emphasis needs to be less on sort like obviously politics has a chance to play there should be pressure on politicians to improve life don't like just go like you know what parliament can fuck itself (laughs) congress can fuck it the white house can fuck itself yeah if you let them do that they will you know the the -hmm. worst forces will hammer through the worst stuff yeah but there's community organizing there is making your community better and there is like um there are success stories that you can do even in dire circumstances yeah there's always there's always going to be a glimmer of hope yeah so I, always is. even if you just think like community based sort of stuff and just like how you are day to day with your daily interactions yeah you know you, you can't tell you know your government what to do but you can influence the lives of those around you absolutely improve your own life in in the process and and we are approaching a point where scarcity is getting less and less where you know more and more places will have a 3d printer more and more places in a few years will be able to print protein and we'll be able to print food and you will have things like uh, community organizing like the national food service um, which is sort of community kitchens you can come in eat for free or for cheap Uh, you can and you can volunteer to cook there and you get you know you get to feed a community it's sort of like not a restaurant where you come in and obviously i don't know how much of this is going on right now because okay. i don't know like, this, this is the first I've, this is the first i've heard about it but it's um, gone yeah and i think the the way technology is progressing is going to make a, a better society an easier thing than than a, a a bad thing in the meanwhile some technology will be used terribly like and so it's away. some technology will be used to to control you'll have things like amazon before they can get to a point where they are just fully robotized they treat their stuff more like more and more like robots mm-hmm. so with uber um and kind of like driving platforms like that until they can get self-driving cars they will act like they've got self-driving cars already yeah um but We'll see. There will be big questions to ask and to answer in the next few years. Fucking hell, no, we... no, doubt you even you didn't even mention global warming. Oh yeah, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got, <laughs> we are going to need big action on global, and we've seen with COVID that actually big action is possible. Yeah, big kind of you know things that change the rule of 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 the normal working of things possible, mm. and people are actually, you know, obviously people grumble and there are anti-mask conspiracy theorists. But the polling for lockdown was is. really high. Yeah. People were really, really wanted more action done. Really wanted kind of yeah, um, yeah. We, we we do have the possible. We do have the capability to pull we, together. We just need to be motivated in the right way. The right arguments need to yeah. be made, and the right 
You know, uh, man, we could fix the world if we were just put in charge. And this is entirely like... Yeah. Let's go run in the US election. Yeah. For your third party. O'Donoghue Campbell. I'll be your VP. Well, that's exactly what the Americans want. They want two British guys two coming British up. Guys, no, no, no. Going, no, no. No, look, in 1776, we, we fought... You know, we fought oh, what's We're the worst boys. Oh, good heavens, what are you doing? Oh, my God. Right, that's it. No, no, turn that down. Colonial times again. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. To get the tea out of the river. Yeah. <laughs> Slam it down. Get out. Fish it out of the Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Bomb on the Boston. Go right. <laughs> Here we go. We We're heard. calling this area New Dunfries. <laughs> I think it's New York City. No, no, it was already named after York. No, no, New Dunfries. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, how could they not go for that? It's let's do it. Yeah, fine. No, yeah, let's do it. I mean, oh, there we go. Problem solved. You're welcome, everyone. That'd be fantastic. The debates. You've got Joe Biden forgetting where he is. You got Donald Trump. Freewheeling, and then he goes out. They're all being very silly. Good, good gracious. Oh my word. So, if you ever listen to like um, uh, Christopher Hitchings on any American TV show, it's just like how how much reverence they have just because he's kind of very silly, and I think is what you should be doing. Tell me more again, Englishman. Yeah. Or, you know, even even someone like George Galloway, who is a shrieking buffoon. <laughs> and they're like, but he's got an English accent. And he's saying, sir, at the end of a sentence. Or like John Oliver, who definitely overblows his British accent. There are, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not the only one that thinks that. John Oliver in the UK. Because he's all like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to talk like this. And oh, yeah. it's like, talk like this. What's this, all this? Don't like on... that in England. Everyone'd be like, are you a fucking spy or something? As soon as he comes to, I bet as soon as he steps foot on British soil, it is like just a normal voice. Just yeah. a normal, like, very, very normal sort I bet it turns voice. out he's American. He, oh, I bet, I bet. <laughs> That's a conspiracy theory that we can get behind. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking he's from El Paso, fire. Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was faking it on Mock the Week all those years ago. He was playing the long game, people. He's playing the long game. Daro Brian was massaging his shoulders, going, Remember, you and the X Files music. The rain in spades sees mainly in the plane, John. <laughs> oh man, tell you what, this needs to go. To- <laughs> <laughs> that might not happen now. <laughs> Were you. <laughs> Did you offer to cook dinner for your girlfriend tonight? No, no, she phoned me like, I know, can you cook dinner? I was like, I'm doing a podcast. I'll, I'll do it if I'm back in time. <laughs> if That's not happening. Dear, that might be an awkward conversation when you walk through the door. Hey, honey! <laughs> <laughs> She'll understand. It's like going it. out of a comic, sure. right? It'd be the same sort of thing when I've been in relationships. Then. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. Well, I, spouses have to put up with a fair bit when you're in the older creative... I, I I will cook and clean as much as I can when I when I when I'm at home because I know that there will be stretches where it's like I'm out all this all every night this week I had work in the morning and now I'm in yeah. Taunton doing a gig to five guys and a goat yeah <laughs> and it's like I'm not gonna cook dinner you, I'm sorry yeah like you're you're like go get home late you're like just get some sleep get up and then just and then go, I've got work yeah, again at six yeah. in the morning and I'm I'm. I I do like that those aspects like that 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 that's been my day today. I was giving a guitar lesson first thing this morning. Mm. Then I was back here getting set for the podcast, and I went to go with the Underdog Club in the studio to finish off our uh, to finish off the first half of our album. 
then I came to meet you, and now we've been podcasting, and now it's yeah. it's twenty five to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's it, you know what, man? Like it, it's it's great. Have you um, got have you got uh, work tomorrow as well? Or you? I mean, you I, I I work from home, so I might take a few hours off in the morning. Yeah. I've I've got a I've got a um, the Terror Planes on, who are a blues band. I've got them on tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, so uh, two podcasts in two days straight. Uh, Brilliant. I almost had one on Monday, but I got bumped to next Monday. So uh, cool. it's great to be busy. But, um, dude, awesome. We've done nearly three hours. This has been Brilliant. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've covered everything. I never thought I'd talk about Israel and Palestine. Yeah, Israel, Palestine, We Q opened on that. <laughs> we opened on I know, that. man. What a cold open. <laughs> I, was like looking, to that, uh, I was looking through my talking points. Going, I didn't write that down. <laughs> <laughs> James, tell me about QAnon and uh, your relationship. Israel with... and Palestine make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> we said a lot. Time is on, uh, and it's like as much as I am on the far left, I'm very reasonable and I'm very like. Oh, yeah, you got started off talking about resurrecting chairman now. Uh, it's like I'm trying quite. I'm trying to be like, hey, not every not every lefty is a swivel-eyed, crazy Stalinist, and I'm like. Guys, some look, of us are Maoists. Some of us just want to resurrect. I did that because I saw a Simpsons meme as well. There's like a fan, there's like an episode of the Simpsons where they go to China and it's like because oh. Mao's still on display there. It's uh, like Homer's in trouble and he says, "Please wake up." Oh, no. <laughs> it's like any anything that's like about any any meme that's about terrible landlords always ends up with like that. I love that. It's, it's an old Simpsons episode with like the Soviet Union before. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, out, like, it's like what do you say Soviet it's Soviet Union before you guys broke up? Yes, that's what we wanted you to think. Lenin's corpse reanimated must destroy capitalism. It's like Classic Simpsons, I fucking love it. Oh, uh, any any Simpsons between like series three and series eight is just mm. fucking put me in front oh of every episode. God. Oh, and it, it, the the worst thing is like the the Cape Fear episode with Sideshow Bob, and they have to move to um, yeah. they have to move to a boathouse. Yeah, funnier as a funnier than anything I will ever write. <laughs> and watching it's that just... going, I have to go make people laugh in a bit. And I ah like yeah, th- this is. Could the, cool. This is the gold standard. This mm. is like, there's this. There's some bits from Looney Tunes, and there's like the the bit of Duck Soup where Groucho Marx is just freewheeling. The f- f- funniest things that I've ever seen, and they will never be topped. And it's so like. Yeah, I think the hardest thing I ever laughed at when I was like thirteen was when I first watched The Holy Grail. Oh, incredible! Like just just a coconut. Every the fucking coconut. thing in that it, film is hysterical. How much detail there is is making something dumb. I I love it. And I, it's just it's just a bit where he's just he's getting like his arm cut off, and the other arm cut off, and he's trying to kick him, and he's yeah. calling, like, "What are you gonna do? Bleed on me?" <laughs> it's I. <laughs> It's just so silly. I, they can be a bit like snobbery, like people still like Monty Python, and it can be like sometimes you do look back and you go, maybe maybe thirteen year old me wasn't 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 right about some things, but then there are other things you're like, no, no, that mm. was genius. Yeah, and particularly you look at the time period, and you're like, oh, it's come from yeah from a. An era when nothing like this has happened. Of yeah. course, they don't get it right all the time because yeah. no one's doing anything like this before. Mm. 
Yeah, it's just so ridiculous. I oh, just love it. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, let's close. Uh, let's close to talking about the uh, the first time. Absolutely, Cause, yes. Because this wasn't the first time we met, James. I had to remind you about this. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you were at a, a gig that I was doing in the Kingsdown Wine Vaults, uh, yep. This Next Act, run by uh, Alex Kitson. Mm-hmm. Fantastic little lad. Check him out. Mm-hmm. Um, when This Next Act is back, go and see that because it is honestly a wholly lovely night and also a really nice insight into a comedian's process because it's people in various time, various different stages of writing mm. and various different sort of like they might be it might be a finished thing it might be something that they're working on it might be just a, a word on their hand that they're going up with and going like so what's up with dice <laughs> it, it's it's and sometimes you might see someone who's very bad and that's always fun that's always yeah, really I, fun I saw I saw someone uh, someone bomb there and it felt Oh, it felt hard. I felt so bad for him. Sometimes it's like they've bombed and it's not their fault. And there, there is a couple of acts and it's like they're on and you're like, oh, okay. The gig's gotten harder. Yeah. There's, there's, there's this. Is it hard following someone that's bombed? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, you, you'd think it would be like, oh, I'll look great, in, in, you know, in, in context. Actually, you look, you have a lot more to, to you have a lot more to do because you have to win the audience trust back because they don't care that you're another comedian. That's the same night. They didn't like that guy. They've gone off the night. You, they might've lost someone and they're not going to come back. Yeah. Uh, But they're still sitting in the audience. They've not gone because they've maybe paid for the ticket or they, they, their friends are all still there or they're they're still eating their pizza, whatever. Yeah. It's really hard to sort of win trust back. But um, it can be done sometimes. Mm. But it, it is sort of like... You, there, there is one guy and um, the audience always says the same thing. Like, this character acts a bit wacky. Oh, no, that's not a character. That's them. Yeah. And it's always sort of interesting seeing what the audience is going to make. Sometimes the audience laps it up. Yeah. Because... They are peculiar, and the audience are like, "Cool, we're it. We're here for peculiar." And sometimes it's like, "No, the night is lost, and and we will not get it back." Yeah. Ah, oh, jeez. And that's got to make the person that bombs feel all the more worse. Sometimes they don't realize it. Sometimes they don't realize it's a bomb. If no. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 there's there's one act in particular. I'm not going to name names, but he. he nah, nah. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> he, of course, it's a he. Um, will bomb, but he has no awareness that he's bombed. Um, there, there was one night where he bombed quite bad. Thought he had a good night. It took his hat off. He was wearing like a trilby, and flung it into the crowd. Of course, he was wearing a fucking trilby. But he he thought he went full Sinatra at the end of the Hollywood Bowl, like. Good night, flung his trophy into the crowd. <laughs> Hit someone at point blank range in the neck. <laughs> like odd job in your like and I know the person that they hit and they were like, um Good night, ladies and gentlemen. It was like incredible oh, to see. It no. was incredible like me, me and That's like the cringest tangible. You can yeah. touch it and you can 
full chunks of it out. And, yeah. and then, like, then your your responsibility isn't just to yourself. Your responsibility is to the night, is to the rest of the night, and is to make sure that everyone is having a good time and make sure... If you're emceeing, you have a lot of admin to do. Yeah. The MC isn't there to smash it out of the park. The MC is there to crowds up to this level. Let's not get them overexcited or they're going to fuck that up. That must be the... so hard. It is. It, I, I'm, have you ever done it? I, I'm quite an inexperienced MC, but I have done it a few times. Um, and it is definitely a skill that I am working on because it yeah. is an entirely different... Like, It's like driving a... a, a uh, articulated lorry you're not there to go fast you are there to go well uh, right. it's yeah you're there not to flip over the trailer and to yeah. fuck up the uh, order you want to keep it just running on yeah. yeah it's 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 tough yeah but um, but yeah this next act is a fantastic example mm. of, of a very very yeah. varied very good entry level comedy night and you get old pros trying trying new stuff you get new comedians sometimes in their first gig which is amazing to lovely to watch particularly cause a lot of first gigs are incredible yeah a lot of people have like beginners be, not beginners a lot but they will have they will have put so much effort into their first gig and they will uh, will maybe have friends in the audience maybe not but they've really tightened it because it's their first outing and they smash it and then the yeah. MC gets to go how many gigs have you done mate because they know it's the first gig. how many gigs oh this is my first gig it's the first gig ladies and gentlemen yeah and it goes well then... yeah I, I think what one of the acts I saw there was their first yeah yeah this, this wasn't yeah but to, this wasn't the one that I don't think it was the one that me and you I want to say met uh, but <laughs> yeah, to yeah. bring it back to the uh, so, so there's some context for you. That's how great the night is. Uh, this um, next act, folks, yeah. check it out. Uh, Bristol Kettles, the Kuwait Bristol Comedy Kettle, yeah, the Bristol Comedy Kettles. Calendar in Bristol. <clears throat> check it out. Uh, particularly now because no one knows what's going on. <laughs> um, yeah, check it and check it again in a couple of days because gigs are dropping like fly, like uh, flies yeah but it's sad. still a good thing to follow on absolutely when, um, still a good thing and yeah, and you get to to see creatives in Bristol and see oh I like their stuff what are they going to do are they live streaming mm. something yeah fine so I do um, I do a character uh, got a couple of characters um, one of them is an Australian health and safety inspector who's there to assess the health and safety of the night and then um, another one is a a uh, a, a a demented 1950s slash 70s film producer from somewhere in America with it's sort of ambiguously Jewish and <laughs> is just comedy a, 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 a producer just t mm. just film idiot yeah and He's there. He's he's there to save the pictures. He's there to pitch a terrible film idea, usually about Godzilla. <laughs> um, sometimes about the Titanic, uh, and he's there to spin a yarn about all his Hollywood friends, which are whoever I can do an impression of that day. Um, uh, usually involving Christopher Walken, because mm -hmm. um, it's a fantastic voice and. Uh, yeah. that, that's what I used to do at house parties instead of having a personality 
I've heard the impression. Uh, again, scary. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, he does he does a lot of crowd. I don't. I'm not a very crowd worky guy. I sometimes like to. Yeah, that that wasn't my experience. But of me. <laughs> I, he, Rodney Pump does crowd stuff. Rodney Pump picks people out and will uh, pitch a film to them. Yeah. Get them to audition. And then try trial them for being a communist. Remember the Communist Party. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a McCarthyite. <laughs> do. He's got various tests. Uh, one of them is naming various communists that he's got pictures of, including Marx, uh, Stalin, Sonia from EastEnders. Um, he will uh, throw Russian at people to see if they respond. <laughs> And um, yeah, get people to audition for for his terrible films. <laughs> yeah, so this is where I fit in. So I I had just finished um, like my most successful string of of gigs at, uh, at, up until that point. It was like the bank holiday, last bank holiday of not this August, just gone August beforehand. So when things were yeah. normal, I did like three or four gigs that that uh, weekend, all pain, all great. So I was feeling Fantastic. great. So. You- yeah, it was like once it's like really hot like weekend and stuff. So and you you were in you were in the garb of a, a man in a victory lap. You're in swimming shorts and a. I was I was in like little red like Hawaiian swimming shorts because I thought you know yeah. I mean I mean running I look good. I was wearing like my mate's band's t-shirt, which is like a like a, quite a deep V. Yeah, it was like this. Was like, this, this man is focus. very confident. This man is like yeah, he's this. You can only do this if you are having an ex. Extremely great. good day. I, you know, it's like <laughs> I made a good couple of hundred quid just from playing guitar and singing songs. I, I I've done that. Uh, right, me and my like... mate went went out to to dinner. You know, and you know, just like oh, the TNA song, fuck yeah, let's yeah, play. fantastic. Woo! Get uh, drunk, lovely pub, really nice booze. Yeah, lovely people. Uh, yeah, uh, I uh, I got eviscerated. You got <laughs> roasted by every. Because comedy is an art form of failure, and it's like we're in the gutter. Let's drag you down as well. And you drag me down and lay on top of me. <laughs> everyone, it was a everyone pile. will be like this guy. <laughs> Usually, if there is a this guy earlier in the night, everyone else will join in with that. This guy, you get to know someone through other people going like, where are you from? Ah, Swindon, you piece of shit. Ha ha ha, everyone gets to laugh, every joke, and then it's about how shit Swindon is. Yeah. Uh, you get to riff on it, it's very yeah. fun. But, um, unfortunately, it was your turn that night. Oh, I was asking for it. I, I dressed like that. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah I should have fucking known better. I was feeling great. I was like, yeah. I was such an old it. man. Now. You were asking for that. You dressed like that. Look at you. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I was I was begging for it. And, um, <laughs> like, so the compare started off just like laying into shorts. And then it's like literally the first joke that every comic made that night. And yeah, the nuance was just disappearing until Avengers like those shorts are fucking terrible. <laughs> it does it does reach to that point where like by the end of it there's no like ah you know you have to find you have to find yeah it just is like you piece of shit. <laughs> and I've I kind of took it as a compliment because I was loud because I I love it I love getting ripped on yeah and so I was I was thinking like and you were giving back as much as you were taking as well which like if you weren't doing that the comedians would stop yeah if I was like getting like 
if yeah. I was like, I was thinking like if I was like getting defensive, have my arms crossed and looking. Pouting, yeah, and mate, like, oh, like, I'm sure some comics would probably take that as a challenge. Uh, some <laughs> would for for better or ill. Um, that there's there's a practice that some nights are doing where they're getting uh, acts to. Uh, Actually, oh, they're getting audiences to wear like stickers of "I want to be talked to," oh, "I don't yeah. want to be talked to," and yeah. I think I, for some for some nights that worked better than others. I'm not 100 percent on that, but I, I, comic, I'm a so. I'm a bit of a softy sort of like say things should be a safe space, but there should also be so, there should definitely be some nights that you go there because it's nasty because mm. people are going to you know, say terrible things to the audience and rip them apart. That is the pull of some nights. The pull of other nights is it's a nice, lovely, safe place. And some nights are between them. It's... Yeah. You know, but... um, That night isn't usually... There's no stickers. There's no stickers. There's no stickers, but that night isn't usually like a, hey, anything goes, let's take the audience down a peg. That night is usually like, hi guys, so I've written a thing about a bus, here we go. But it just, for some reason, it ended up with that, I can't remember if it was that night, I've done a night at TNA where every act ended their set, they're going, oh yeah, thanks, you've all been great. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. (laughs) This is before Epstein. This is pre-Epstein. Oh, it'd be weird if they were doing it there. (laughs) Jeffrey Epstein won't kill himself. (laughs) What? They're in on it. They're part of the Hollywood elite. <laughs> <laughs> it goes down okay, to independent folks. comedy in Bristol. You're it's... gonna, you're gonna want to Google nine uh, eleven Barack Obama, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh... The truth is how that people. <laughs> Obama turned the friggin' frog guy. I, uh, it, it's incredible, incredible world. What incredible world. Well, what a time to be alive. What a time. So yeah, so. <laughs> So I, I, I quite enjoyed it actually. I'm you, such a fucking attention whore. You, <laughs> were, you were getting roasted and then it was it was old Rodney Pump's turn to come on stage and do his nah, do his shit all around <laughs> holding a big cigar in his mouth and the real films. And then you were there, you'd been roasted, you were clearly also like not like well you hadn't changed your shorts, so there we go. <laughs> But like, I was generally thinking just going out of my boxes. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, Rodney's here. He's, I dust his character off. Let's do this. So uh, he needs someone to come up and volunteer to, to, to audition for his film. There you are. Uh, I can't remember what it was, whether it was Titanic or... It was or, Titanic, It was yeah. Titanic. Fat. I can't even remember what I got you to do. It was something like I was supposed to shout out that the iceberg was there or something. Yes, I remember that. And then yeah. he would, it was very, uh, he's a very invasive character. Not in a, a creepy way. He's a little bit creepy. But <laughs> I always make sure that it's sort of like, he will only do this to men of a similar age who are not like young, young vulnerable women. I'm yeah. very like certain on like, no, Rodney is, is, is not here to make women feel uncomfortable. He's here to, yeah. to, take the piss out of a broadly fictionalised era of Hollywood yeah but so you do your bit and I go and uh, he tries to coax a better performance yeah. so he's rubbing shoulders quoting Jack Nicholson as the Joker I think that he would go like you're my like number that. one well, you, you were wearing like reflective Ray-Bans as well yes so I was just like looking at myself my reflection of myself in those things yeah <laughs> And I just felt thinking, oh my fucking god. Uh, looking back, I just remember him being able to just like 
being that close to someone is a alien fucking thing. What an, yeah. what an incredible time. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Well, you ever you look at films now and you're like, there's more than six people there. They're Jesus. touching each other. Ah. Ah. Batman and Superman are very close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, it's sort of he you you took it like a champ, but put you through a lot of bullshit. He is full of bullshit. Uh, that character, it's very character comedy needs to. I I that that's something I want to see more of, and it's mm. uh, hopefully a post lockdown world we'll see a kind of like more emboldened weirdness yeah so everyone's everyone's going a bit mental yeah I think Rodney Pump would just seem quite you know normal after, yeah after I think he might I think, to ramp, <laughs> I think he might need to ramp it up I think yeah I think he needs, <laughs> he needs to be a bit weirder I think there needs to be I, I'm, I'm I'm kind of shock comedy I feel like is a bit sort of like you're not going to shock anyone because we've all heard it Mm. If you're just being like, I eat babies, but like, yeah. you know what? What is shocking is, is if you actually weird. Is is if you go out and you're wearing a bear's head and you call yourself the king of the Jews, <laughs> and you got your cock out. That's weird. That's gonna be shocking. Especially if you're not circumcised. Particularly, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What a twist! <laughs> Oi, I'm putting over here. But well, it was at that point with Rodney Pump. Um, that was the first time I'd seen things. First time I saw you do comedy, and as soon as I started a podcast, I, I just like knew that I wanted comedians on, and I knew that I wanted, definitely wanted you on because oh, like, we had that previous. And yeah, man, I I I think your comedy is really like oh, le- legit. Much, uh, well, yeah, no, I, I only like reach when I reach out and invite people on the show is because I'm aware of what they do and I'm and I'm a fan. Oh, thank you, dude. Uh, yeah, I know. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's a bit weird being nice, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm really, really, like, happy that you, you came on, man. This has been, like, this has it's been... It's been an absolute, been awesome. absolute treat. Thank you very much for letting me come in and talk a load of shit. <laughs> we killed it all. Uh, just before I let you go, James, just tell the good folks where they can uh, where they can uh, follow you. Absolutely so. And Rodney and... Uh, the Australian health inspector. <laughs> uh, I've got some <clears throat> videos on YouTube. Please look at them. Please, just, they're all like fifty views each. Uh, <laughs> check me out, uh, uh, James O'Donoghue on YouTube. Uh, Twitter, I am at J A O'Donoghue. Um, Instagram, uh, I think I'm James O Comedy for my comedy stuff, and Real Dumb Art for my really dumb drawings, and Facebook. Get me on James O'Donoghue, performer and writer. Awesome. Right. Dude, thanks so much. Uh, I'll see you when the plague's over, dude. Bye, everyone. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Bye-bye. Adios. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, just to remind you, if you would like some guitar lessons, feel free to get in touch with me. You can find out about my guitar teaching services at simonteachersguitar.com. I've got 20 years playing experience, nearly 10 years of teaching experience. Uh, whatever your needs are, I'm pretty sure I could cover them.
Uh, you can email me at simonteachesguitar92 at gmail.com. That is simonteachesguitar92 at gmail.com. You can also find out all about me at my official website, simonteachesguitar.com. Uh, and so it's half price for your first hour's lesson with me, which would be just £15. Also, if you mention the Simon Campbell incident in your inquiry, that's another fiver off your first hours. That's just a humble £10 for your first hour lesson with me. Well, that's pretty good. Don't really think you can argue with that. And yeah, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, uh, feel free to tell your friends, spread the word. Uh, let's help this channel grow. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, just type in the Simon Campbell incident or the SC or at the SC incident. That should take you there. We've also got a brand new YouTube channel and that really needs some love. We'd love to see you uh, subscribing there as well. All right, folks, that's all. See you next week.